nerd. 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 I'm not kissing a nerd. What is a nerd? Nerd! Holy crap, are we nerdy? Just kidding. All right, welcome, Nerdables, to episode 129. This week, we are going to get to our WonderCon wrap-up that we missed last week because a lot of people were missing in action. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the rebirth of DC Comics, and uh, we may talk a little bit about Batman Superman, at least where their numbers are at right now. So, everybody got to go to WonderCon at least one day, right? Yes. Yes. Yep. Nope. Oh, wait, yes. You went three days, so. Yeah, I don't remember most of it. Remember? <laughs> That's right, because you're back. I was in a lot of different types of, of pain medication and nerve blockers and. Just Chris, you really need to wean yourself. Ouchie off medicine. Ouchie medicine. My goodness, just taking those and you don't have any pain and you're taking all that pain medication. Yeah. Oh, you weren't Come there. On. So yes. the the last day, the day that you guys showed up for like an hour or whatever. Yeah. Oh, whatever. When you, when you disappeared, you know, we all met up or whatever. Then you disappeared, and we're trying to find you because everyone else wanted to leave. So I said, you must be over by the image booth. So I walked over to the image booth, turned that corner, I look over, or Skybound booth, and I look, and I'm like, no, Ethan's not here. As I walked back, this woman, she didn't mean to. She was trying to get out of the way of somebody else. Uh -huh. It oh, slammed God, into my slams. left side. So my, my oh. left shoulder's all screwed up. I have, um, I have a pinched nerve, and then all the muscles are pulling. and It's just death. Anyway, she hit my left side. And it just like my head goes to the sky. I've got my mouth closed. You know that. Beth <laughs> <laughs> and, and she, I stopped in, in full motion. And just she kind of looked at me, and I kind of looked at her. Like it's okay. It's not a big deal. And after a few minutes, <laughs> I think Beth asked me. She's like, "You okay?" I, I'm trying not to let out the loudest curse word I've ever uttered in my life. I was going to scream the f word. Oh, Sunday was bad. Yeah. It was like yeah, Saturday. Sure. We made through. I made it through rebirth without too much of a problem. As in terms of the panel, but I went to the Star Trek 50 <laughs> panel. The Star Trek 50 panel was a huge disappointment because there's supposed to be six people on the panel and four of them were sick, so they didn't show up. <laughs> Who did show up? I don't remember their names. Is it, was it Michael and There were a couple Kuda? red shirts. No, those were the people that were missing. Uh. It was uh, the, the people that were supposed to do, that, that like run this whole thing. You know, all, They got all this stuff. And basically, they cleaned out what, Roddenberry's office or whatever, and they right. had memos and yeah, pictures. They, had the, they recently recovered uh, the hard drive from one of his computers from the time. He was typing out a lot of Star Trek scripts, like, you know, around Next Generation. Yeah, so this was all, that was like all the stuff they were presenting. I guess they're doing like a piece a day on Instagram. If you look up right. Star Trek 50 on Instagram, I think you can find their, their, their Instagram. But every day they're showing you a piece of memorabilia. Anyway, mm. those two people were there. I made it through about a third of it. And everyone was giving me weird looks because they kept squirming as I was trying to find a spot that was pain free, and I was like, "Screw it!" I had to get up and leave. So, mm -hmm. but yeah, so, so, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't remember a lot of WonderCon. I'm looking as I'm through the week as I'm kind of finally able to sort of put stuff away. Oh, I bought that. I forgot about that. <laughs> oh yeah, I bought that too. <laughs> that was that was one of those days. That was good times. So, where WonderCon's been in Anaheim for the last three years, four years. Isn't it? Isn't there four? Wasn't there four shows in Anaheim? Or was there only three? Three, because we went. The first one we ever went to was the 25th anniversary, was and this was the 50th. 30th? This was the 30th. Wow! Wow! <laughs> We've been going. We've been going for a while now. Well, this was the 30th, so that would be six, six. I guess if you really six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah. So it'd be four years in Anaheim. Yeah, four one years in here. Anaheim, one year here. Mm -hmm. So, did it have the same feel to it to you? Nope. No, None no, at all. No. What I heard from a lot of on Monday, as 
the the bloggers and everybody started to come out with their reactions in addition to what I was asking people because I was asking a lot of the artists that we kind of know through Artist Alley, right. like Jay Salvador and the guys from NinjaBot and stuff like that. It was totally a different feel. And it, and it had to feel different because it wasn't Anaheim. Correct. Mm-hmm. But the the specific thing that I heard, the specific opinion I heard from them is it's not the same people that showed up mm-hmm. because it was such a different vibe. Did it feel more like show. Kamikaze, which is in the same building? That you can't help but compare it to Kamikaze. It felt like Kamikaze to me. Because, um, for me, it, good thing nobody listens to this show because they'll get in trouble for it. But to me, LA shows are cosplay shows. Yes, it's a huge number well, of cosplayers. It's a huge number of cosplayers, more so than in other shows that you see of that size in terms of proportion. And we'll get into why it got even worse because well, everybody's it, trying to get famous. That's why it's not even trying to get famous. It's it, just that's the LA vibe. That's the LA scene to me. It's also a larger city too, and you're going to have a higher concentration, especially something like LA. You're going to have a lot of concentration of of cosplayers versus smaller areas. But you also have the Grand Foyer and right there where everybody can yeah, gather. Can, well, that was that, well. We'll get to that uh, different. But in terms of people who actually had badges that could get into the show, and that's a tease for one of the problems that you'll hear in a little bit is there's still a huge number of cosplayers proportionally than other shows. And it's not like Anaheim's in, you know, Podunk, Idaho. It's Orange right. County's pretty well, damn Well, Anaheim big. has. I mean, it just the reason that you don't notice it as much is because they're outside. It's not that at all. It's just that the true proportion of people who have badges who are walking the floor, more of them seem to be in costume at an L.A. show than they do. Yeah. In, in, in the other shows that we see. Not because of where they are, but just the fact that that's what it is. Because it's funny. And as people have kind of pointed out, nobody's done any hard numbers on it because it's impossible to do, but vendors that I've spoken to have said heavy cosplay shows mean less money because cosplayers don't spend money. Right. In turn, you know, in, versus someone like us who go for go for panels, go for signings, go to meet people, but also we're there to actually look for product. Oh, I can tell you right now from cosplaying myself, when you are in costume, it's impossible. Yeah. I mean, it, it's literally impossible to go through a booth of death and try to find something or go to the vendors and do something. Because as soon as you start doing something, immediately people want to take your picture. Yep. Um, and but it was a funny thing well, you say also, about cosplayers. We though. have the – in well, and, 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 I don't know if it's so much cosplay-heavy shows, but, I mean, just in general – well, no, cosplay heavy is a perfect word to describe it, but I was uh, trying to think. It's sort of like that divide, like at San Diego Comic-Con, where a lot of cosplayers tend to have booths as well, and they were mm-hmm. positioning them in Artist Alley a couple of years ago. It was a huge Tend show. to have boobs? What? It, it that a, too. That too. But, the, uh, but there was a huge, you know, sort of spat between the artists trying to make money and then the cosplayers being put right next to them. We also noticed that those big-name cosplayers don't get booths anymore. I mean, Kamikaze the last couple of years has had one or two, but I remember the, the, the Kamikaze this was the second year or third year. Year I basically went by myself. Right. There was seven or eight big cosplayers who had their own. But booths. now most of those big now, name cosplayers are getting. They they're, go. They're, they're becoming. They're, they're they, attaching to another booth. Right. Or they know through their Instagram feed, just show up. Yes. You know. Oh, I'm I'm walking up sixteen hundred. Come find me and take pictures with me and right. stuff like that. And they'll have people that are selling prints. They or get bought and, out by people wanting them to show up, make an appearance. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like Vegas with you know a celebrity or something. Right. Well, hey, like you be at saying... our party so that way everybody knows that Yaya's going to be here. And if Yaya's here, everybody has to be here. What was like Chris was saying? <laughs> not, not after the release of her shoddy <laughs> fabric. Every, every time about. I hear Yaya, all I can think of is, what was that? We were driving home that one day, oh. and it was just like, 
Yaya Han. If she does gardening work, she Yaya mows the lawn. It's just like if she's a farmer, she's Yaya cleans out the barn. And we just kept going for like an hour. And it was amazing. So every time I hear her name. Well, weren't you saying like a year or two ago that you're saying you're talking to one of them? And it, they're talking about how expensive the booths are, and it's just yeah. not profitable for There's them. There's just no reason for them to do it yeah. because it's so expensive versus what they're they just put like out. breaking even with the amount of. So yeah, it's like all the models that came to San Diego, you don't see them anymore. Yeah, because yeah, the booths just got too yeah. expensive. So what you see now is you see a lot of booths who invite cosplayers to be a part of their booth. Correct. Right? Um, especially in these big shows, you don't. Gamakaze is still apparently cheap enough that there was a number of cosplayers. At Kamikaze, who had their own booth, who had yeah. their own section. We well, see Long Beach is like that too. Yeah, Long Beach has a few like that they too. They had the wrapping uh, stormtrooper or whatever, the red one. You know. Did he actually have a booth or was he, he just he, hanging out in the he corner? He had his own booth. Well, the booth, the, the B box stormtrooper. Yeah, the Adidas stormtrooper. Yeah. And he was at this show, but he had the B boy. The boy. Yeah, he just walks around. He just walked around with his boombox this year. But there was a whole like at Long Beach. There was a whole back corner, and there was just like all cosplayers. Which is which is I mean like there was a Doctor Who one, and especially when you look at like especially because of that situation that happened because of Comic Con about two or three years ago, where it was you know like oh you'd have like Adam Hughes and J Scott Campbell, and then you'd slowly move off into the more you know the the sort of the 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 farther back area. And then to be like, oh, but now you have Yaya Hunt right next to a guy who's maybe done one or two issues of a comic, trying to make a name for himself, and doesn't see any business. And there was that. Do you remember the cosplayers there? I always thought they were in like small press. No, they were there. What, in San I, Diego. I re- yeah, it's San Diego. I don't remember seeing any cosplayers. Yeah, in the I don't really either. Because la- I mean, like last year, the the one or two cosplayers that were there, they were in odd spots. Like Nicole Marine Dream was. Towards the front, up by like where the Weta booth was and stuff like that. So Thank I think you. she was attached to something else. It's just an odd thing. Anyway, specifically to that show, to this show as we continue to try and roll back and go back to WonderCon. Right. <laughs> I saw but, the definitely. But I do like the idea of having like if you're gonna have if they want their own booths, I do like having the section that they do at Long Beach where like they have that like little that corner. They've got like the two or three. Yeah, so they do at Long Beach. I would almost the prefer whole some wall. of these people to have their own booth because then that means that their people when they take a picture are going to be off to the side. But the thing is. These people are not who we're talking about. Correct. People who are quote unquote professional cosplayers are not who we're talking about. Correct. What we're talking about is the guy who spent two months on a Deadpool costume and wants a thousand pictures taken of him. Right. And is going to walk through the, the, the rotunda, is going to walk through the foyer and walk through the floor. Mm-hmm. One of our one of one of the our friends who was an artist, the, the guy who was really good Wolverine, you know, the jeans and the and the, the oh, A yeah, shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's got the metal claws. On Saturday, he was standing in front of one of the artists that I know, he's standing in front of his booth, cannot move as right. people keep taking pictures. Mm-hmm. That booth was blocked off for almost 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. As every time he tried to take a step, no, 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 I want, to, I want a picture with my kid. I want a picture with you. Get over there. Don't take a picture with Take a picture Take a It wasn't until, this person explained it to me, it wasn't until 10, 15 minutes later, just before he's going to say, hey, get the F out of my way, that a woman who's taking the picture says, hey, we should probably move. Yeah. So she made him move out of the front. Well, but that's, a, no, and that's the type of stuff that we're talking about is, it is so much harder to get through a show when every aisle is blocked with well, it's cosplayers, not even just with a amateur show. cosplayers who are getting their picture taken or taking pictures with other cosplayers. That's, right. that's that other dynamic is, oh, can I get a picture with you? Yes. Okay, cool. Cool. I want a picture with you now. And, and then, then you everybody's got to get that picture. And then everybody jumps in there yeah. you know, and takes pictures of both of them at the same time. So now you got four cosplayers who each one of them wants a picture with the other three. So that's five, but that's, you know, exponential right. pictures. And then everybody stops. 
And it's on the back row where you're just trying to get to the damn Funko booth so that they can tell you they're sold out of everything. Yeah. Well, last year at, at, at uh, uh, Comic-Con, I got stopped on the pedestrian bi- bridge when I was dressed. I know. We soldier. kept going. And <laughs> it, at one point, it's like trying to go to people were like, can we, can we get a picture? Can we get a picture? And at one point, it was like both sides of the bridge were stopped. And I'm like, guys, if you want to take a picture, get over here. I'm like, I, you know, I hate it when people stand there and do this. Don't block off these people. Yeah, the yeah. thing is, people are but not. But most ob- cosplayers won't do that. They're not observant of the situation. They don't see that, no, hey, I'm in the middle of this area, and maybe I should be the one that says, okay, guys, if you want a picture, let's move over this way right. against the wall where you guys can take as many pictures as you want with me I instead of blocking this area. I in front of but most so cosplayers don't do that. many cameras. Mm-hmm. I can't even begin to tell you because it's just a point where I'm like, I, I, I'm not going to stand here for 40 minutes. So that, you know, Suicide Squad Harley and Bruce Twim Harley and W52 Harley and Steampunk Harley can all take pictures together for right. an hour. You know, it's just, I'm, I'm done. I got to go. Well, the and funny thing was, though, it, Beth said this to me at first. She was like, wow, it doesn't seem like there's as many cosplayers this year. And this was on Friday, you know, when we were walking through. Friday was very different than the rest of it, too. But then you walk out into the foyer, and it's just massive. Like, you're standing, because, well, you know, you, how you can you stand on top of the stairs and look down. And it just, you know, okay, you can't Okay, so let's around. talk about the foyer and, and, and the thing. It got out very early. Yes. That um, this year we have RFID badges for mm-hmm. WonderCon. And we'll talk we'll about get that. We'll get to that, yeah. We'll get to that. But um, the only checkpoints to make sure that you had a badge to go in were to get into the panels. Yes. Uh, the, 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 the floor that had all the panels in it and the main floor. Correct. The rest of the convention center was open to anyone who wanted to show up. Yep. Word got out very quickly on Friday. Come down, grab your costume, come down, mm-hmm. and we're going to hang out in the convention center. You don't need to be in the hall. Exactly. Just walk the convention center. Go to the convention center. You get, you'll get the, the feel of it. Put yourself in the foyer. Well, it's in terms of, of exposure. Right. If, you're, if you didn't get a badge, mm-hmm. and you and I are cosplayers, I have a badge, I would have gotten there and called you and said, put on your Winter Soldier, get down here. Yeah. Let's just take pictures all in the... Because in the, that's all they want, is right. to have pictures taken of them and take pictures of the cosplayers. So that foyer, that, that rotunda in the, in the front... Jam packed with people mm-hmm. who didn't mm-hmm. have a single badge. All the food trucks. Yeah. Did you notice on Saturday? Because I noticed it Sunday. Sunday when I got back, I dropped off all the stuff at the car. I come back. I'm, I'm headed to the Star Trek panel. I have to get something to eat. I jump into the, the, the food court, that crappy food court that's in the whatever the other entrance is. Yeah. The point, I sit down and I look up and realize no one there has a badge. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not one single person until I got to the very back. Of the long uh, seating area that I was in, mm-hmm. that was the only other table that anyone had a badge. Yeah. Everybody there was not, quote unquote, supposed to be there. They were there for the cosplay. They were there to walk around for the cosplays and stuff like uh-huh. that. So what Anaheim attempted to do last year, the turnstiles that everyone was kind of upset with. Yes. But that's what the turnstiles were for. Anaheim and the organization is telling you, if you don't have a badge, you don't get to take pictures at the fountain. You don't get to take right. pictures at the fort. You don't get to take pictures under the WonderCon sign. You don't get to try and sneak in through the doors. Right. They're adding an extra level of security. And, and I can see is, them doing that next year. They're totally going to do that next year. San Diego, you can't. Right. Because that, that long boulevard there, they're just never going to be able to do it. Right. And but we, at least it, but where you really want to get to, there's still two layers of security. And because with L.A. this time, that they were, they were trying to do something new, which was – Getting prepared for San Diego, yeah, with the RFID. They did bear. not think of the logistics of it, and, and it's hard because, as we've stated a couple, of, the LA Convention Center is crap. Yes, it's just well, not so built sometimes for this kind of con 
So I don't think they looked at that that floor plan. But I don't understand it because the guys at Kamikaze, they put guards at the door. Right. You know, they're sitting there at the outer doors going, you don't get in. So when you split it like that, I guess you can't. Because they weren't were that guys there when we went last year. Because last year at Kamikaze, they split the town hallways. We didn't have to get our. We only got checked when because when we got the, into each one. that yeah. Fourier really wasn't being used because yeah. of the well, you got the other convention. Place. Yeah, interesting. Anyway, well, sometimes I mean you don't notice these quote unquote problems until they oh, happen. Yeah. So you know they they probably didn't even think about hey you know what maybe we should have put those RFID badges at the very front door instead of you know up the stairs. They they were more the wor- I think they were more worried about trying to get that down. And let's get we we have to get this badge situation done because we have Comic Con coming up. Well, that's and what we're I'm already saying. planning on using these things, and if we don't have it ready and we don't have people trained on this, we're going to be screwed. That's, that's what, what I'm saying. saying. Talking about, let's like, let's move on to the that. RFID badge thing since we're already talking about. It. So this year, for the first time, the badges were given with an RFID chip. I think it's the most amazing thing. I think it's the best thing that's ever happened to Comic-Con. I don't know if it's the best thing that ever happened to Comic-Con, but the funny thing is... I, I would. I, it's not the best thing that happened to Comic-Con. It's the smartest thing. Yes. There's yes. a lot of bugs because to work out. Because as we were, to, as we were be talking, bef- what was it, the first day or the second day, mm-hmm. and I started telling you, I bet you we're going to see RFID scanners in front of every panel. Right. And you kind of looked at me and went, yeah, you're right. And we kept talking about it, and I said, "Think of the info you can get uh-huh. for specific people, the the um, the fraud prevention. Yep. You know, if if you scan in thirty times, but you never scan out, something's going on. Right. You know, or if you, or if you are scanning in and out thirty times, exactly. They can. And the great thing is because on Sunday after we had our conversation, mm-hmm. I think it was Saturday before or after the uh, the rebirth panel. Um, Ethan, be, yeah. Ethan and I sat down at the table with, with Beth, and we were sitting there, and two of the Comic-Con guys, you know, one of the, a guy and a girl came up, and it just so happened to be the guy that's in charge of the whole RFID server thing sat down with us, and Beth had mentioned something, and that started, you know, sparked this conversation, and they were like, oh, yeah, you know, not only can they tell, like what you were saying, Chris, with it'll be able to tell how many people actually go onto the floor, but and how much we can start to do expand outside of the convention yes. center. And the big thing that you've talked about for a couple of years is I think they'll really look at, in terms of San Diego, mm-hmm. how many people are going to Hall H that never walk on the floor. Right. And if they can remove that number, whatever that number Just it is. a Hall H badge. Exactly. That's exactly what whatever, I said to him, and he said, that is something that we're looking at. Because when we first talked about it, I said that I didn't think it was practical without that information. Right. If they have a hard number where they're looking at it and going, okay. There's 25,000 people mm-hmm. that never walk onto the sales floor. As of right now, you have to count all those people. Correct. In terms of um, specific uh, for, badges. For the fire, no, you have to count them for the fire marshal. Right. The fire marshal says if you, if you have 225,000 badges that are sold every single day, all of those people are, quote unquote, expected to be on the floor. That's mm-hmm. how it's treated. If you can tell the fire marshal 50,000 people are in Hall H. They are not allowed to walk onto the floor. Yep. You have 50,000 more badges that you can sell. Yes. Yep. So that information would be there. Someone like me. It they'd prevents look fraud. At- you can't sneak badges out because if you – so the, I was talking to one of the door guys, and he was basically saying, you know, like he was he's sort of enjoying the system. It keeps track of a lot of people because you can't sneak out a badge without scanning it. Correct. Because mm-hmm. if you pass the badge beyond the gates, if you scan in, and then you're, you throw that in your backpack and you don't scan out, 
you cannot scan back in. Correct. Yeah. Right. Because it needs... It's still well, it's on the floor. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So it's perfect for tracking positions. And I know for me, it's one of those, like, for me, I love the idea, like, uh, it, you know, the Apple stores use a system called iBeacons, small Bluetooth emitters everywhere. So when you walk up to a table, it'll be like, ah, you're at the iPad table. Let me bring up information on your phone. But it's a similar system where if this does well, you can branch out and then be able to track people as they move through the floor. What are the floor? What are the flow patterns? Right. Well, he, the, of one of the things the that they were saying floor. is, I don't well, know how far they I, can get to that, but they could get to that. They, they the do couple it, they of things that they've already here in LA. The couple of things that they already said that they can do with this is, if they, with each individual badge, if you are saying let's going on the floor and floor, he used it like two hundred fifty times. Yeah. They can send out a signal to stop you, and it'll put a red light up on there, and that person is no longer allowed to be admitted until they figure out what's going on. Well, right. it, 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 he the alerts other, the attendant to check their ID correct. and yeah, all right. that. Stop anyone. Because now, if you're at Comic-Con, you can't stop anybody walking in if they have a badge. Correct. Because the name on it doesn't mean anything or what right. have you. Even the little... It's uh, also... Like Karen Sutherland. Well, you'll also... You're you a male. Now, you can now hit... If you're a vendor and you apply and you I want 10 badges, mm-hmm. and you get 10 badges and, all, and you go through Comic-Con and only six of them get used... When you're a vendor the next year and you go, I want 10 badges, Comic-Con can now tell you, no, we're giving yep. you six. You only used six last You only used six last year. What happened to the other four? And you're like, well, I got extras trying to sell them or whatever they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. You can really figure out why they have all these badges and how many don't get used. Oh, there's a... Well, there's, there's, there are major you can, publishers you can, you can, that have you can go, so many badges. You can go far enough, and far enough that I... as much. It's one of those things that would inconvenience a lot of people, but I would like to say... Okay, you have a booth there. You got four badges. You're gonna have to scan into your booth every time in and out. You wanna, you wanna, you wanna work that day. Okay, you scan the badge in. Oh, good. Uh, we saw Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. You had all four of your employees at the booth. But then Sunday, only one person checked in, and your other three badges kept getting checked in and out of the regular sales floor. Or you guys went into panels. See, I wouldn't. I can say, go you one better on that. Well, I can see it be used on, for exclusives. On, you're supposed well, to be. Dumb. You're supposed to be working the floor. But not, here's here's not the enjoying thing. the show. I don't think that's true though. If you if you're paying for your booth, and you have a if if the badges are yours, to me you're, they're yours. Right. right. If you want to go enjoy the show, that's up to you as it the is. vendor. Like if if I have a you're booth and I hired all of you. It's up to me whether I want you there or I give you Thursday off, I give you Friday right. off, I give right. you Saturday off. That's up to me. What I want to know is how many badges are not getting used. I would look at it as how many badges aren't going to the booth and at least call for more information. It's, because if you're going, if Rich owns a booth going down there, Beth and Arabella are going to go, but that doesn't mean they're going to work the booth. He's not going to go down there for five right. days without his wife and his child. But you're also not going to expect his wife and child to work the booth, right? But then, but here's the but other that, but thing. That gives you, but then that's one of the things. Like, okay, you have a booth, and it's you get two badges for the booth. But if you get guest passes, but the, here's another with, thing that happens. Because it's one of those things. Like, you, you know, one per, you know, one actor gets a booth, and then gives you know his extra. Oh, these are my helpers, and then they never show up to help him at the booth. They're just his friends or family right. or whatever. Well, that, the, that that allows you to create different badge tiers. It allows you to stop people who have a booth from selling their badges to regular people too because yes. like no this badge was specifically for people working the show you not once it encourages in more room. information but I, I i don't think you can really force a vendor right. no I, once they have the badge. when you look at numbers because i know talking to someone there uh, a friend of mine who was a co-worker they were talking about one of the publishers there they have like 130 badges mm-hmm. for for wondercon and they said they use less than half of those right 
because just there's not enough. There's, there's not enough people that could actually go. They just get badges after badges after badges. Which happens with a lot of vendors at Comic Con. Yeah, they they Comic-Con they too. buy all these badges and then they end up using the vendors end up using them to be able to go back and get more and more exclusives. What was it? Uh, uh, I think somebody was talking about like I don't remember who it was. I think they were saying like uh, Warner Brothers or something like that had ordered something on the order of two or three thousand badges for their employees. But that counts as a person on the floor then too. That's what that's what you so, would hope. That, but that can, that plays into the idea of it's like, well, now we're actually going to be able to see. For me, I like the idea of number crunching and getting the data. How many people are using what? Where do they go? Mm-hmm. Where if do they the, walk? If the information is used, how many to people try spend time get... in Artist Alley? How many people spend time in lines? Somebody who checks their badge yeah. into a line for the Hasbro booth and then checks out four hours later. I want to know why they were in line for four hours for a toy, and that allows you to then correct the correct the line systems yeah. enforce different yeah. rules it depends on what the information to. is used yeah. for that's the thing is everybody the, the, the knee jerk reaction I heard from more than one person was you know big brother is coming for you thing but especially at cons where well, they, well, they, they no, but that's the thing is they're looking at this and going I don't want anyone to have this much information and all, all that junk if the information is used to improve the flow one improve the experience two and get more badges in hands of fans yes Sold badges and fans of fans who want to go, th- then that information is being used for the right. If it's simply, we want your email so that we can send you more Marvel emails well, because you go to Marvel panels. And that's one of the things Facebook that they said. Yeah. When I was talking to the guy with the server that does the servers, one of the things he said was, we can tell a studio, look, you had 3,000 people show up for your panel. Here's their emails. Now you can send them stuff because they're interested in your product. That's always something that because of legal things that you can opt in or out. They just provide a form on your badge purchase if you want to get information like that. going to be all those people for My Little Pony that are going to get stuff for, like, right. but see, here's all the, that but other here's stuff. The thing. But like, that's the other thing, thing is you'll what, be able to see now. Who goes? What are their ages? What are their, what are their, what are their demographics? There's a lot of interesting well, the hard thing, the hard thing with the panels is because you don't empty the rooms. Correct. Right. So you're going to get weird info that's part of the problem well, no, you it's, it's, when it's you get when you, info, when you sit there that info. year and go hey uh you know the cup of joe panel everyone was really interested joe casada it was a full panel no avatar was right after it the right. tv series but and they'll be able to see that. Of that but here's what they'll be able to see but if somebody goes in if somebody goes in like for here what always happens is for the my little pony or the monster high panels and i know this for a fact because i we have to do it for my daughter um whatever panel is before that last year it was badlands before Monster High, right? So they all, everybody comes into the room, and it's all kids from Monster High. And the guys from Badlands are going, well, oh, you know, hey, we, we know that you're not here for us, but maybe some of you will enjoy this. The, what happens is right after that My Little Pony or that Monster High panel, the room completely empties. Right. But They'll be able to tell, oh, wait a minute, that Badlands panel, no one came out of it afterwards. But the important thing is when you get in, that's the to really get that number – you have to know who's coming in for that specific panel, and you don't because everyone's coming in so early. Right. right. That's but then you'll the see that they never leave. It might but, but the ones that you see, but if you see if you see something like Badlands and then my, uh, Monster High is right after it, and the room completely empties can, after Monster there, High. There are, there are ways to crunch the numbers where, let's say this is like, a, let's say this is, uh, what's the big, like Ballroom 20. So yeah. in, in, in the morning, let's say, let's say the room has a 5,000 people capacity, just a nice round number. So at 8 a.m., 5,000 people check in. And two hours later, 700 people check out. Okay, what panel did they check out of? What did they? So they waited for three hours through these panels to get to this one, then they left. And then that does provide some, because the room is going to 
egg, the room is going to slowly empty out by the end of here's it's sort of like it a, does but it, it's such an assumption it's like, it's like the human body where the you know it, every seven years you have a new organs because of cell replacement the idea is, is that like okay how how so you sort of look at it in a way that's like okay so if this room is a 5,000 capacity room is it the same it, it's going to be constantly at 5,000 capacity how many people are going to stay there for eight hours versus the room constantly being refilled for people who are going to go and in and see it. when you have something like that though because Game of Thrones is the last panel right so everybody's saved and the problem with that then is you're assuming well everyone just showed up for Game of right, Thrones right but then when who when, knows who showed up going hey I can't think of another show on TV. Yeah, but when, but, when, but when 3,500 people check out at 8 o'clock and that was the last panel and those same 3,500 people were there at 8 in the morning, you know exactly what they were there for. Right. You know one of what they were there for. The problem with it is you can't tell whether they were there for more than one thing. Correct. Right. Like if, if it's if Big Bang Theory is in there too, you may have cro- – you know, I want to be there I mean, on that day because I want to go to Big Bang Theory and I want to stay for, for Game of Thrones. I say the information. There's there's some assumptions you can make. The information that it will be able to give you is if you have a panel. Let's say like one of the Star Wars panels. It's always in seven AB, right? The Star Wars panels are always in there, usually on Fridays, back to back, Except back to back. Except for the Lucasfilm fiftieth anniversary. Yeah, but what you'll be able to see is, wait a minute. We now had fifteen hundred people show up to a room that's five hundred. That's only holds five hundred people. Um, we may need to move this to a bigger room. Right. Oh, wait, person. this room that we had well, scheduled for a bigger thing only had 600 people. people. Let's move it. You won't know how many people show up for it unless you scan all the badges in line. No, you would scan. You would just scan them in and out of the room. If you have it where you have no, your line. Once you, once you cap that room, what are you going to scan? That's why you do it at, the, you do it at your, wherever you have your line because you know how the way the line for 7 mm-hmm. AB goes. It goes around the hall and down. Before you get to the door, yeah, if you yeah, had it where you scanner, get into right the now, line, you're no, talking you about could the also you could also you could. I, mean, I could see mobile scanners instead of doing the the standing ones. Well, remember, cheaper. all this stuff is expensive. The mobile scanners would be a lot cheaper because you could think about it. you well, could you make an one, app. You just have one person standing at the entrance of a line and scanning every badge on their way into a line for a specific panel or a specific room. Because that way, you make an app. You don't have to have the door things, and, you, and there, it just there, scans it every time. There's a lot. Of but ways then you got to gotta have things. more people that'll scan it. That's the thing is they already have people watching the lines anyways. I, you always have somebody on, at the door stop, stop, in and out. Stop. I'm not talking about the lines. Yes, if you have someone at the door, that person has to get through and physically scan everybody. You need more people at the door versus the fact that for all of the entrances that were here, there was never more than three people standing there and there's six or seven scanners. Right. So the scanners help you actually reduce the number of personnel you need at the door. That makes sense. Because all oh, that, that person doesn't have to keep moving and looking at badges. But there's all only that one person has to do door. is stand and look at a green or red look dot. Look at the green or red dot. And when the red dot, the second person comes over and brings you out of line, yep. something's wrong with your badge. We're taking you away, sir. No, no, please. That's what I want to It's see. the Comic Con police. They should dress them all as SWAT troopers. Jo- John Smith, so, by, Logan's run John with Smith the... by four, buys four four day badges every year and only uses one for one day. Guess what? John Smith ain't getting next year. You can't buy four day badge anymore. Okay, so we've John gone over. Smith 1889. We've gone over a lot of positives with this. What can you see from WonderCon to Comic-Con being the biggest negative? Well, the biggest negative is the fact that the RFID badges for a lot of people didn't work. Yes. that's the, They've got to get the technology right because the line, the help line to fix your badge was longer than any line to get a badge, right. according to everybody I knew that had their badge screw up. Our friend Robert... His he badge screwed up the like first day. The first day, yeah. And it took him nearly an hour to fix his badge. I'm willing to bet 
most of the error came from human error because you know they have to, I believe they, so they too. have to they have to scan the badge before they give it to you. I'm sure all it takes is that one person who's like, okay, here you go, and that just forgets yep. to scan forgets it. Forgets to scan it. It doesn't doesn't not paying attention. You know, when you scan it, it gives you the green light. It's good to go. They're already they're scanning it while they're grabbing something the, the else. They hear they're grabbing the, and they don't hear it. Yeah, they, they, they're oh, not. And the beauty of that is they can see like, oh, this badge was never activated. You clearly have a valid purchase receipt. Uh-huh. Let me activate that for you. Yeah. But again, that, these are all. The, I WonderCon was a trial run when we got to when I got my uh, San Diego Comic Con badges. The one of the first things they mentioned was that there is no badge pickup. You will be mailed your badge. Yes. And it was immediately like. I wonder if we're getting really nice badges this year. And then WonderCon rolls around and we're getting RFID badges. I'm pretty. And the great thing is with these RFID badges is each one of them is individually coded. So yeah. it's not like somebody could take, because that was one of my first questions. Was, I want them to do like Costco where they just print my little picture on the. Well, no, what I because the first one, because at first I thought, well, if they're sending you these RFID badges and everything, what stops me from having an RFID scanner and making my own badge and making another one of these? But, but then, because they're all individually coded, when the yeah, they person, will know if when the original two person checks in. Yeah. The yep. second person who spoofed a badge, you know, it's a multi-pass. Here's the thing: it's like, look, if if you really wanted to steal badges, all you got to do is sit there with a sniffer in a backpack, you know, by one of the entrances, spoofing badges as they walk by you, picking up every person's name and information. And no, it, it's it's literally you, can, the, you can clone a badge, but then their it, badges are useless because it's, it's like it's like. Say, like, oh, but no, I swear, I'm, I'm this person. It's I'm, literally the oh, fifth no. element multipass. The, na- the name isn't on the badge. I don't know who I am today. It's, it's, it's people that have talked about it for ticket fraud for sporting events for years. Yes. That doesn't matter. All that matters is you have the first barcode. Yes. I can, I can print the same ticket for all six of us, five of us, six of us, five of us. I can't count. I'm seeing double. Um, hey, meds. It's the meds. You got include, yeah. to include Amelia. The dog. Oh, yeah, Amelia the dog. So she's going to the event, too. Yeah. All that matters is the first person that shows up. That's why they started scanning tickets. That's right. all it was for. I mean, I could photocopy Dodgers tickets in 1985 and get six people in off the same ticket. Right. But here, when you scan it the second time, they stop you and go, it says that John Smith is already in here. here. Sorry. Yeah, yeah well, here, look, here's my that. idea. I'm John Smith. It doesn't matter. It's oh, already wait. been scanned. Because here's the thing, though. Once that John Smith scans again... They're going to nab him. Exactly. Well, that's yeah, it's it's like, well, that's exactly. The concerts have the same thing, and that's the that's the way you fight it. Like, it's like it says you already checked in. It's like, are you? It's like, all right. Well, here's my here's my receipt. Yeah. Here, here's because it's my also ID. in in terms of taking it, also taking away like when that when it first started for for sporting events. John Smith A. What you were afraid of is that scalpers were doing it because they right. don't care whether you get in or not. All they care about is the money. The money. Right. right. Once the information started getting out that everybody's getting their stuff scanned. Scalpers have to have verified tickets or else there's no way. Right. Comic-Con, if if I'm sitting here selling four badges, don't worry, guys. I, they're, they're genuine badges. No, they're not. They can't be. Because they, your name's not on it. they're just a paper badge, they're sure. Like, if I yeah. photocopy, you know, if I laser printed a beautiful badge that looked exactly like my badge on Thursday and I sold it for 50 bucks, great. Here now, can't I do can't it. do that yep. because that person will know. Well, I'm, go- I'm still going. Yeah. Chris I sold it to somebody times. else. And when I sold it to somebody else, yeah, that guy goes in, and then you're wait, going. Chris is on the floor five different times. How's that no, possible? Multiple may. Well, it's the same thing. It's like, oh, okay. Well, clearly you are the correct person, but you're already checked in. And then let's say, all right, put a put a notice on this badge. It's like, oh, door B is where John Smith B has just exited. Who you know? Then well, just, we need to find the, both of them. Find them. Yeah, in the case, basically, they you don't, know, and they don't care the, if you're the original article. They're kicking you all out. Oh yeah, when oh yeah. You, they're addictive. They're deactivating the whole thing. When that extra when that extra person walks out, they get the little red light. 
grab that person, hold him for a moment. We'll be right there. Yep. This man has, you know, stolen my badge. Yeah, but there's got to be there. See, for you as the original person, there's got to be some kind of proof to know that that person stole your badge and you didn't. You weren't in converts well, with. I'm them. not even talking about stolen. I badges. think I'm I think ta- it's I'm not ta- going to matter. Zero policy. No, I yeah, zero Comic- tolerance. Comic Con is basically say if you allowed your badge to get stolen, that's your fault. Yeah. Uh, well. Well, at, hell, I mean, at, like you have thing. that email. You now, you as, need to have as, that email. As some, as a guy who enjoys myself some tech, the reason why there's a, there was a big fear of uh, credit cards, uh, like credit and debit cards with RFID chips in them. You don't see them very much anymore. Things have slowly moved to like you know, like the, you have the Apple Pay where there's a secure system, mm-hmm. and RFID cannot just be sniffed off of your phone without your mm-hmm. authorization, stuff like that. These like th- the badges are not much more different than those original. Uh, credit cards with those RFID badges where somebody could literally just sit in the mall with their sniffer in a backpack in a food court and get one or 200 credit cards. And just bump into someone and get their yeah. card. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. These badges are not more complicated. All it takes is the one guy with a fanny pack or a backpack just like, oh, I'm so sorry. Boom, you got that person's badge. All you got to do is clone that onto a new badge and then you can get in. So here's what's going to be interesting, the, though. The, but the is, is that person then cannot prove that they are the original badge holder without something like a receipt and ID. Right. Here's what's going to be interesting, though. Well, it's also if this it's going to be hard to build those badges. I mean, it's not a cheap-looking badge. They're not looking at the badge. As long as you can put that white card to the little dot well, on, on, the, you, on you, the entrance. But if that dot doesn't match, when, when, if they get stopped, if you get stopped, you ha- get a red dot, and that somebody, dot doesn't match up to whatever's on that. Well, if I mean, well, yeah, if you get stopped with a red dot and it's clearly a forgery, then yes, you can yeah. you can let that go. Yeah. And not just shut it down. Yes, of course. That, that's what I'm talking about specifically. It's badge stealing is badge stealing in the age with RFID is very different than somebody with a laser printer. So it's, yeah, it, is it easy? Sure. Is it something that is easy to get away with? No, not really. You'll be caught pretty quickly. Yeah, and that's the it's just, it's it's not as easy to print that badge. I mean, yeah. it's, it's a ceramic piece. Yeah, there's so. a there's a lot of there's a lot of analytics to come from this, especially because recently, like the LAUSD put those uh, RFID tags on kids to sort of figure out like how like it's especially like for future architecture how they're going to build schools how they're arranging classrooms and stuff and then you got to then when they sort of release this large amount of metadata you could be like okay how are the clicks formed you can watch student 2347 how they move through the school throughout the entire day and that's the thing that excites me for comic-con is this student keeps getting swirlies in the bathroom Yeah, exactly this the, the, he keeps going to bathroom interesting especially because there's no, no name tied to it but if you're going to use that for traffic statistics on the show floor to see which aisles do people move through? Okay, it used to be the one where the G four booth was. Don't right. go anywhere near it. Exactly, and then you can go. Okay, maybe there's wah, a wah, wah, maybe wah. there's a better. Maybe you put all the big booths in one row or in four corners instead of oh, you got Warner. You already do. It was all the it's all the media ones that are in the middle. Right, but no, you gotta you gotta spread them out further. You gotta. Well, that's that'd be the interesting thing is you can you can then play around with design and see if it helps. Right, you're sitting here now. You already know without any of this sort of data. That middle of the floor where you put Marvel and DC, and DC and and Sideshow Side and Warner Brothers and Sony and Paramount always is just a complete clusterfuck. Yeah, do not put them in the center. You got to start. If you decide them out. next year, we're going to spread all this shit out. We're going to put the big booths in the corners and we're going to put all the little booths in the middle. You'll be able to quantifiably look at data going, 
it is much easier to get through right. the sales floor. You can put this. you can put one big booth in the middle, and that keeps your flow. Because last thing you want is people sort of staying away from the inner. You want you want you don't want people in the outer rim all the time too. But that, there are good ways to sort of look at that and go, okay. Well, you already have that though. Yeah. You already have people that it, it just that's all they do is just circle the media booth, right? Because all they want is the free handout, right? Shit. But that, but you're also going to make people say, okay, you put Warner Brothers in one corner. You can do something like, okay, we're going to put the big marble booth in the corner on the opposite side of the hall. Mm. You can throw a sideshow dead center. And you can create ways that will flow traffic back and forth between major booths instead of cluster them all in the dead. Well, look, you, you, people, in BBC. I've talked to them several times. Hey, BBC America. You could put, you could put scanners. In, you could put RFID scanners in displays at these booths. Sideshow has those really nice sort of the like those tower displays. Mm-hmm. Somebody gets close to one of those things to look at a statue. Boom. That's all. You know, it doesn't. It's not even for sideshow's purposes, but for somebody to go like, oh, okay, this is how many people. Are looking at statues. Contest would be a lot easier. Exclusives you could keep track of a lot easier. Well, you're doing exclusives now by scanning badges. I mean, let's to let's a not, degree. Let's not forget they're already scanning badges for this type of stuff. Does Ted the scalper need a badge next year when we see that he stays? But see, in the here's same the same Hasbro line four days in a row. Wait, but that's then that's just it. That's exactly the point. What I was going to make is that you have these vendors that will buy. 20, 30 different tickets for their people, and they will have somebody stand in line, and they will just keep handing them a new ticket. Right, but you're still scanning badge. those badges. Right. Yeah. but y- You can't get out of the Hasbro line without having your badge scanned. You can start limiting that. that you, you can to, do that now. If you're now I think it'll going, be a lot easier. It, it makes no difference. Right now, I can look at, you know, Toy Booth 1 got 30 badges. Right. I can look at Toy Booth 1's 30 badges, all 30 of them were scanned in the Hasbro line. Yes. So all 30 badges bought Hasbro exclusives. RFD ID badge makes no difference one way or the other. I already know that Toy Booth 1 has used 30 badges to pick up Hasbro exclusives. But if when you go pick up your... I'm not even talking about... I'm, I'm, talking, about, well, I'm talking about Ted the Scalper guy on the street who's going to head to eBay, not guy who's working no, at one of the toy booths. But see, here's what, I, here's what I'm talking about. Is if, if you go pick up your... your um, your time ticket at Hasbro, right? And they scan your badge then. So that means that they know that you're going to go down and get in that line because that's when your time is. Oh, that yeah, means well, he, yeah, you he, can't you can't stand there in that line. I, I understand what he's saying. And so somebody he, else come in there with their new badge so that way multiple people are going yeah, up it, the it, same time piece. It's not even getting a physical ticket anymore. You but cannot, wait, how, you cannot what even... What are you talking about? Because you have to have a... I think I've, I've actually watched here, here, people the, stand hold on, there. stop, stop. I'm trying to figure out Rich's point. I've watched people stand there. Because they're not going to let you just hand four blank badges to them and tell you to scan these. No, no, no. They they take their badge. They'll have their badge and when they have it scanned, you know, or punch or however they're doing it at Hasbro. Mm-hmm. And then they don't leave that booth. They step back. Somebody hands them another one and they do it again. I watched it happen four times last year. He's talking about the paper inside the old bag. The pa- They'll be yes. exchanged with the other person. Like, so something like a- you'll have, you'll have you standing there, but somebody's okay, giving so you that four means, badges. That means that everybody at Hasbro should be fired. Because that's stupid. It, it is very stupid, but I think what what and again I think what how about I just hand them an RFID badge? Riggs, no, exactly. That's I think what he was mentioning is that now when you get your RFID badge scanned at the Hasbro place for okay you want when you go pick up your your time your, card here's shoot. your time to get in line ten to eleven they scan you, you cannot enter that line before ten you cannot enter that line after eleven you can only you're never going to be able to do that because they can't get through the line in an hour. I'm, it, I'm no 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 I'm no not throwing, not not, not the booth not the booth the line to get by, like no what he just said. If I get it, I have to be in line between. I have to show up after ten before eleven, right? Yes. That's just, I'm, I'm okay. Out hold a on. Hypothetical. Eleven to twelve. 
None of those people ever get in line between 11 and 12 because no one in the 10 to 11 is through the damn line. The line's too long. That that tick time ticket is you can show up after 10. Sure. You can show up after 3. When, sure. I, when, I, when I got in line last year for ours, for our stuff, um, I've stood there and 20 people in front of me had tickets from the previous day that they were allowing to right. be in line. Then the people then there were there was a line behind me of people that hang on. No. I thought I heard him out there. Doo doo. Three questions, how draconian are you gonna get? That's not gonna work. See, it, it depends. I, I, do, I do totally agree that because like, there, there are ways to do it, but it's there's di- because there's also different factors. You're asking Hasbro to make Comic Con can only ask Hasbro to do so much. Well, you just put digital stanchion. You put those digital. It's up. It's up to Hasbro what they want to do. If if they're sitting there and saying that their employees are allowed to, you just pull 45 tickets out of your own badge and go. I want 45 of everything because I have all these badges, and they're allowing them to do that. That's no, Hasbro's decision, that, but it, that's not that's not no. So not so much that you had the ticket, but what they were doing. I think what what Rich was describing, which I understand having. So you know, like you had the old the old white paper card inside the plastic badge yeah. holder, and you, people in line with an okay, I went through. They would get back in line, and then they would exchange their white inner ticket, the white name card ticket that you get at the booth, with a clean one that hasn't been punched just because you're working at the toy booth, who's reselling. And with an RFID badge, you get one badge scan. You are then allowed into the line with the green light, and then you can't circle back around because now you're going to have a red light. You should have bought what you needed to buy or what you. But you're, were... if you're using a different badge, it doesn't matter. You're exchanging the RFID badge the same way you would exchange the ba- the badge that's already been scanned with the Q code. Sure, but you would have to scan those badges in to buy an exclusive. The badge they would have the same that. information though, so that's what I think. That's they what already do that. They scan your Q. Your, they scan your Q code. You're already exchanging badges, whether mm. you're in line or not. If you're standing, what what it seems to be describing is that you're standing in line while you're holding four badges. That's what he he's talking. Oh, that's about. what he's talking about. No, that's that's on Hasbro for breaking the rules. Exactly. That's what I'm saying is that that it's not going to change if that's what Hasbro decides is okay. That's not going to change. If you have to walk out of line and get back in line with a fresh badge, even though it's the same person, who cares? That's the same thing that they're doing. It anyway. You're scanning two separate people. John John Hasbro has no idea right. that Sebastian and Ethan, who now Ethan has given Sebastian his badge, they don't know that they're going to see you as Sebastian. They're going to see you as Ethan. They're never going to know the difference. Nobody there is going to sit there and right. go, "Weren't you just here an hour ago?" And even if they did, I doubt it. Anybody at Hasbro right. cares. I don't think care. No, because Hasbro just wants they're, to make they the money. They want to make the money. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. The fact that they actually hold stuff back for other days is is the most altruistic thing they've they ever do. done. Yeah. Because they would sit there like, if we sold out of everything on Friday, then we sell out of everything on Friday. What the hell do we care? Exactly. You know, they're, they're doing it because there would be a huge backlash. But all Hasbro cares about is walking out of San Diego with no product. Yeah. Okay. So the RFID badges are a good idea. I think it's going to help out Comic-Con. Uh, one of the other big things at WonderCon, and it was a WonderCon panel, but it was a pre-day panel. It was a WonderCon panel, but it wasn't. It wasn't listed in their programming because the programming was printed early. Correct. Um, it was um, obviously talking about to, DC Rebirth. Yeah, DC Rebirth had their panel at 9 a.m. on Saturday. Well, it was supposed to be at 9 a.m. on Saturday. It started at 9.30. Because, God forbid, you should have anything show up on time. Uh, yes, this was... Hey, they gave out donuts in the shape of D's and C's. <laughs> yeah, we already had donuts. I know. 
so mad about that. I was like, dude. <laughs> like, we could have had free donuts instead free of paying donuts? Would you uh, like a DC donut we got that has really good donuts, though? But the donuts we got were a lot better than oh, yeah. those DC Where did we go? What was the name of that place? I forget. Yeah, it does. Mike, Mike, Mike knows it. Like but that. they had bat sprinkles, man. Yeah, it doesn't but mine matter. Had, mine had, was the one I had, the, the Nutter Futter. Yeah, Nutter yours had like the peanut butter marshmallow peanut, in the a middle. Slight, a light peanut butter glaze. Oh, God, that donut was fantastic. <laughs> oh, it was so good. Yeah, so the DC panel, 9 a.m. Saturday. But you already reveal. going in kind of jaded because we standing in line, the 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 gentleman. No, we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> standing behind it's, us was no, quite loud. Jaded is nothing, that doesn't mean anything. No, I was I was excited to go to the panel because it was the reveal of some of the creative teams for their upcoming Rebirth titles. Yeah. Um, a little more clarification on what Rebirth was. Yes. What it was going, you know, what what it was. A lot of a lot of Jeff thought it was very uh, very telling that Jeff Jeff spoke a lot and Dan did not. Jeff, I mean, Jeff did. He pretty much. This was is this is Jeff's push. This is this is all, not all. This is Jeff John's idea. This was what he wanted to do. Um, I thought he was moving more towards the television side he is. of things. Well, he's this the is, chief creative officer, but I, he, here's here's okay. Here's the story. It's from multiple sources that I'm not naming. Sure. Um, when the TV slows down as they finish the seasons, Warner Brothers asked him to go back to DC and do something with the comic line. So he goes back Smart. to DC, and this is what he came up with. This is what he set up. So this whole endeavor comes from a creative talent mm-hmm. rather than a corporate talent, which, re- which New 52 really felt like, and I think Sebastian has mentioned that more than once, was that was a corporate-mandated relaunch of the line. Correct. Where this was, what corporate may have said, hey, we got to figure out how to boost our sales, but at least they turned to a creative person and said, how to say, how do this? we do this? Yeah. And Jeff's big thing that he's been talking about for a while is the legacy of DC Comics. Mm -hmm. What the New 52 lost was that history by trying to make all of their characters new, except for the ones that were popular, that they didn't really change, yada, yada, yada. So that's the big push. It's not erasing the New 52. They mentioned that more than once. Well, here, here, you want me to read how they have it listed? They listed the New 52 initiative in... It, uh, the New 52 initiative in May 2016, as it's launching, uh, launching point DC Rebirth, is initiated to restore the DC universe to a form much like prior to Flashpoint storyline, while incorporating numerous elements of the New 52. Yeah, the New 52 is not going away. As he described it, it's that the New 52 is a chapter in the legacy of DC Comics. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've seen that some of the characters that you got to know that are new and the new 52 are still there. The the cover image that they showed for Teen Titans has Wally West yes. as 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 Flash, the African American Wally West is Correct. Flash. That this is just something where it feels akin to Crisis where they're going to meld worlds, mm-hmm. pick and pick and choose their pieces. I when I was describing this and discussing this with other people at the shop, I said this feels like what New 52 should have been. Yes. But they were afraid to do it because, well, we've done Crisis like nine times. We don't want to do it again. Um, For their mandate to have new number ones, that they felt like they had to change the entire universe. And as Marvel's proven, with three line-wide launches in five years, you don't have to change your your history. Right. You just have to... Number one to zero. Yeah. 
So if they had done this with New 52 where they said, you know, most of our titles are going to go to number one. We're not touching action. We're not touching detective because we want to get to a thousand issues. You could have made some changes, but left. But no, stay but that's true what I'm to your. If, if it, the, the big point in New 52 was that everything was number one and everything was new. Right. If they had, from what I've heard from Rebirth, to me, it sounds like what they should have done with New 52 and it would have been more successful after the first year of saying, we're tweaking some stuff. Batman's going to start over with the number one. Superman's going to start over with number one. We've got these new cool creators. We're not touching touching detective. We're not touching action in terms of numbering. We're going to tweak some histories, bring some new characters in, so on and so forth. The big push of t- you know odd titles that they were doing and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And I think it would have been, after a year, it would have been a lot more successful because you also wouldn't have had people that just stopped DC altogether. Well, here's the way Jeff, Jeff Johns describes the 80-page one-shot as l- relaying the groundwork for DC's future while celebrating the past and the present. Yes. It's, it's all... It's his rebirth titles, his, his Green Lantern rebirth and Flash rebirth were about reestablishing legacy for those original characters right. while also establishing that Kyle Rayner and Wally West, respectively, for those characters were still important. Mm-hmm. That their, leg- their legacy as the heroes that took that mantle for so long was still intact. And that's the kind of mindset going in to rebirth. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you mentioned the creative teams. Do you want to go through the list of what, of what oh, we're going to have? Was. <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot there. Pick out some highlights. Well, I mean, we can talk some of the big titles. Uh, Batman. We'll start with that. They started with the Batman group coming out. Uh, Tom King is taking over Batman. Uh, artists are David Finch and Michael, or I'm sorry, Mikkel Janin. Uh, and that'll ship uh bi-weekly that's another big thing the right, big titles are switching to bi-weekly and the price is 2.99 the price is 2.99 it was everything i had not to stand up when dan Didio said that and said yeah you tried that before remember that didn't work but even the 80 Hold page the one shot it was that the line at 2.99 until batman is now 4.99 three right. months later but the, but even the the rebirth one 80 pages is going to be 2.99 yeah but they've done that before yeah i mean yeah. The, the the countdown special was like a dollar right, right. it was like 80 pages. it was uh, yeah because but they also had mm-hmm. like it was one of those things like two nine hold the line at 2.99 asterisk anything mo- less than 22 pages Anything more than twenty-two Astros, pages. Anything Batman. Is twenty-two more... pages and up is yeah. When they when, when they decided to do, they took their like five most popular titles and put in the backup stories to make them thirty right. pages or what twenty-five pages. To make them, yeah, to make and them then like they 25 made them three ninety-nine. Like, well, that's not holding the line. Right. Anyway, um, so yes, everything will be two ninety-nine, but you have titles that will ship twice monthly. Correct. So instead of four dollars to get your Batman fix in a month, you're now spending six dollars. Right. <laughs> but if it works, it works. I mean, one of the things that they've talked about is. Their belief, and some retailers have mentioned it, including um, uh, my boss, Card, mentioned it. That Marvel's done this before. Mm-hmm. When they did the, the when they did Marvel Now the first time, you got the first six issues of Avengers in, in less like, than in like a month. Oh yeah, yeah, it was like three months. Superior Spider Man was Superior Spider Man did that sort of thing. Um, so what the feeling is, is especially at the beginning, fans are like really desperate for that create that content. Mm-hmm. They're willing. To come every two weeks My and pick up your, your favorite title. Is can the creators stick with that? Well, this is why there's a rotating team. The, you, you, each of these titles will have two artists. Like we said, David Finch and Mikhail Janin will do Batman. One right. will do one issue, one will do the other. Or they're going to work consecutively 
Mm-hmm. And then you'll have one drop, and then the next full story drop. Like, oh, I, I hope I hope every three issues is David Finch. Every three issues is is. See, I don't yeah. mind if they do it that way. My my problem is going to be if they switch artists in the middle of a book or in the middle of, a, of an well, issue. Well, that stuff you can't. I mean, it's like yeah, I know that stuff it, in the middle of the issue means they weren't going to finish, finish it anyway. Right. That, that's um, also stuff that you can't. It, that happens so often. I, I know, but it just it's it, when you're as a, as a reader annoying, yeah. as a reader, it's you know all of a sudden when the art changes, you're going. That's, yeah. a, that, that's, a, that's a different beast than this. It doesn't yeah, matter yeah. whether it's bi-weekly it was or like not. When, that's true. It's like the if, first issue of Justice League, and there were some pages not done by Jim Lee at all, or yeah. rough outlined by him, and then somebody went over, you know, inked over. And yeah, then, that's Jim's I not going to finish it. One issue. of the new that, 52 Batgirls or something did it, and like switched in the middle of it and then switched back, and it was like, whoa, there, what there's the a, hell? The, oh, God, was it the annual? For, oh, no, it was the zero issue for Batman. Yeah. It just jumps artists. I thought it was a whole different... Oh, yeah. I thought that... Just, yeah, you was, had, you had I thought Becky, it was another short story. Yeah, Becky Cloonan did the first, like, 18 pages. Yes. And the last four were somebody completely different. I, I had to go back close. over, like, the first couple pages, mm-hmm. or the and couple pages where it switched, because I thought, did I miss where the, the story arc yeah. changed? Um, so James Tinian is taking over Detective. Tinian is one of Snyder's protégés. Eddie Barrels, Alvaro Martinez is doing the art. Again, twice monthly. Um, we're getting... Nightwing comes back with Tim Seeley still working, on, still working on it, going back to Dick Grayson. Back in the blue, they made a big deal about yes. the fact that Nightwing should wear a blue costume. None of this red crap. I was very. It's one of those things too that the decision to make it red was one of the things. Like I remember the nightmare of Batman and Robin. How and then somebody's like, "We're going to give him a red Nightwing suit," and then somebody goes like, "So it's the same costume from the Batman and Robin movie." See, I don't, I don't mind the red and the black. The, the thing, blue, the, thing uh, the blue and black, red, I get. It's more traditional. It's more him. The thing with the red in New Fifty Two always smacked to me of just changing it because for the sake for of, the change, the sake sake of, of changing, changing it. Yeah. Look, it's new number one. He has a new costume. It's just red. There it's was no, red. there was no yeah. reason behind. it. He had the it, same yeah. story. It was just the red same now. story. He had I, the same. He had this yeah. really the same costume as he had the last time he went out as Nightwing. But now it was red. Especially yeah. when you know the story of the costume from Batman and Robin. How it was, uh, it was, it was originally going to be his Nightwing suit for right. the movie. Then they changed the script, but they didn't have the budget to change the costume. So somebody went, just paint it red because he's Robin. Yeah. And like, oh okay. But I think the most intriguing one uh, they did mention that Scott Snyder was not leaving the Batman family. Uh, he's doing All Star Batman. Yes, which hopefully which starts looks really good. Which um, is it a quasi sequel to the other one? Or no, is it, just it is a rotating title? piece. It's an all star title. It's listed okay. as an all star. Uh, they've already announced John Romita Jr., cool. Jock, Sean Murphy, Paul Pope, Tula Lote, Afu Richardson, Francisco Francovella, and more will be doing stories for the title. Mm-hmm. What it basically looks like to me is they're just telling Snyder write whatever the hell you want, find whoever you want to draw it. And he can do whatever he wants with Batman yeah. and not be beholden to a bigger universe. Continuity that's what that's yeah, what it fine. seemed like when they. Reminds me of that, and it's it's a great. I mean, this is what Superman Batman was back in the day. Yes, Jeff Loeb writes it, Ed McGinnis draws it, Michael Turner draws it, Carlos Pacheco runs it, Raphael Albuquerque draws it. It was whatever story, and, and it wasn't super tied into continuity. Right, right. It was allowing Jeff was to loose. write a good Superman Batman story and letting somebody draw it. That to me is what this feels like. Yeah, it, it's got it. it that for sure, and then the uh, Batman Black and Whites having all yeah, those short stories. That same idea. Um, we get into the Superman family. Dan Jurgens returns to Superman. Interesting. He's uh, Action Comics, and it is to note Action Comics and Detective Comics pick up their numbering. Yes, yes. As if the fifty-two issues that these all these titles will get to existed as Correct. well. Correct. And Carr mentioned this once. I think the best thing they can do is make a special limited edition box set of those issues with the original numbering. Ooh. Yes, 
That would be really cool. Just print it exactly as it looks, except that cover instead of just change the number one. Yeah, one it's to... eight seven. You know, so now yeah. you get your Detective Nine Hundred. As in, just something you know that would be limited edition for for collectors that are. Like, no, that's a great idea. That would be a great idea. Just something cool. So they could have people. it. And it's one of the things is we we working the shops long enough. You always have the one per like when DC was doing or Marvel was doing those like point ones. Mm-hmm. People going. I don't want the point one. My numbering is all thrown off. Yeah. And I'm Please. sure there's somebody who's like, like I do I put this at the end? Do I put I, it between 15 and 60? What am I supposed to do? Here? I can't just put one through 52 in between 800. No. Exactly. No, I'm sorry. It's going to be great for that kind of OCD. Yes. Yeah. That, that, no, it's a great idea. Yeah. And, um, for, and for the internet to actually do an issue search. I want Detective Comics number 905 yeah. now. Um, so Dan Jurgens uh, is writing action comics. Patrick. I Kutcher, hope he presented Tyler that to, Je- to Jeff. Steven Segovia. Oh, he's talked about it with him. Uh, Pre-Flashpoint Superman existing alongside of Clark Kent, as well as Lex Luthor in his Superman armor. Uh-huh. Um, that actually looked kind of intriguing. Yeah, it did. that was that was weird because they were doing that uh, the the Superman and Lois Lane book as yep. that that mini, which was actually really good. Yes, well, they were they've, they've already about... started with this idea because Titans Hunt is very important because right. it's the they were Titans they were remembering is remembering pre-Flashpoint. Right. The pre-Flashpoint Superman is a part of the new 52 universe right now. Right. Has come in as well. So they've already kind of landed those little pieces and I think that was a part of a test to see how many fans were going to go, "Oh my god, you can't do this." Or how many are going, "Yes, this is what I wanted." And yeah. you can go through this. Well, it um, seems even the story for the the whole Lex Luthor Superman thing is kind of interesting where Lex is believing that he is you know, the true Superman of Metropolis. And yeah. so, and, you know, when they were explaining that, that seemed really interesting. Uh, Superman becomes uh, Peter Tomasi and Patrick Gleason. Nice. With Gleason and Mankey doing the, the flip arps, but it's a monthly title, so it looks like Gleason will do a couple, couple issues. issues. Mankey yeah. will do the other. Tomasi and Gleason, Batman and Robin. Yeah. Great title. Great. Back again. Super excited for Superman. I think Tomasi is one of the underrated writers. Yeah, he's he's, he's, he's the, one of the unsung heroes. He did a great job on Green Lantern Corps. Yep. Did a great job with the Batman yeah. books. Uh, Wonder Woman. This one was was big to me. Greg Rucka comes back. Yeah, yes. that, that was right. Wonder Woman. He has that was it before. The, it's the first time Rucka's worked. The images they showed were pretty. That was one of those impressive. like. I wonder what somebody like. Wh- what was the gift? What was the please come back? Yeah, because as Rucka didn't leave DC. Look, we got a Wonder Woman movie coming out. We need to have a really good writer writing Wonder Woman. Well, we're gonna remember Rucka didn't leave DC on great terms. He did not, not a lot. Right. Of, not a lot he of creative people when they leave term. DC. Oh yeah, there. Well, that was part of that whole big ruckus. We need somebody who can write Wonder Woman Literally. again. No well, one know, right? can understand like Gal Gadot. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the thing with Rucka, I mean, this was, Greg Rucka was one of the people that I point out in terms of the way that people were leaving the, the big two. Mm-hmm. Right. When he leaves DC, that was, a, never, that was a blow up too. Yeah, it was and really it never sudden. felt like he was going to go back. Yes. When he left Marvel because of the Punisher thing, the Punisher says, or Marvel goes to him and says, we're putting Punisher on Thunderbolts. He says, I don't, I don't really like that idea. I'm mm-hmm. still writing Punisher. And I don't think he should be a part of a team. Well, we're going to make him part of a team, Greg. Okay. All right. You know, we, we respect, but this is what we want to do. What do you, he's like, let me do the war zone to get right. out of the series. And that's it. A year later, he was writing Cyclops. Yeah. Yep. So, and, and with no fanfare, just all of a sudden picking it up. And I remember reading number one going, this is really good. Who did? Holy crap. Greg Rick is doing this. He yeah. went back to Mar- didn't didn't make a big stink about it. I'm mm. gonna go do independent books and I'm never gonna touch this again or whatever. The fallout, the the his Wait. time at Marvel seemed like a far more even keel time. And it felt like when he left, even it when wasn't he left, something where he, he was it mad. He was like, pissed. I understand went, their point. 
I'll show up at some point. But for yeah, right now, could, I'm going to yeah. go work Especially on whatever Especially because I want. they did say, like, okay, if you don't want to work on the team book, fin- you can finish your story. Yeah. That, okay. that was that was the big plus for Versus him. something. At least let him finish his story. Like, because whatever happened at DC, it was just one day you just read the, the comic book news headlines, like, Greg Olka's done, and he's really angry. Like, yeah. what happened? Wasn't it just after 52? Yes, it, it was. was. The weekly? The way, know, it was the end of that was, didn't work out well. Somebody left right before him, too, or right after. Probably. But anyway. I mean, it was um, like, it was like a, almost like an exodus. So, Wonder Woman is, is a is a uh, bi-weekly title. Images looked really great. Liam Sharp, who I'm so glad to have back on a title. Uh-huh. Liam Sharp is an, is an underrated artist to me. Nicola Scott, who's always solid. Um, and, and I'm even thinking about just picking up that book for the art. Oh, yeah. No, Liam Sharp, and Nicola great. Scott's great, too. The, the, the story is this one, too. The odd number issues will tell the story of Wonder Woman, the lies in the present, with Sharp as the artist, and the even-numbered issues will be Wonder Woman Year One, set in the past with Scott as the artist, and Greg Rucka did say that those two stories are connected. Right. What Wonder Woman, what Diana's figuring out in the present, will tie into her... That'll be interesting to yeah. see with all mm-hmm. of the, like, all the bizarre... Like, oh, her origin is this now. Yeah. Oh, but no, her origin is kind of this. Like, I'm just worried that, that she's going to be a meta-human now. Because I only say this because in the Batman versus Superman movie, they have her listed as a meta. Yeah, and, but that's also... Well, that's because that's you just movie. don't get into their background. I, I, I hope that's all it is. I hope that, that they just didn't realize I what mean, it was. I mean, they'll, they'll take the pieces from all these different origins and yeah. probably kind of meld it. Um, Although I have they a feeling they're going to they, be revamping that anyway. I was, I was just yeah, they'll, they'll do like something. Once they did that cast picture of all the Amazonians, people were complaining that they were all they they all looked too Greek and there were not enough. Like they're Amazon, they're Greek Amazons. Right. Yeah, they realized that the, they, the story's in Greek, right? The, the, sto- the story <laughs> the, the story takes place on a on an island off of Greece in a fictional. Yeah, yeah. the m- like, mythology yeah. is Greek. Just because yeah. the Amazon rivers in South America doesn't mean that Amazonians are living in South America. Right. Okay, so skip to Green uh, um, Green Lanterns. Well, I'll skip this. There's a Trinity title written by Francis Manipole. Interesting. Which oh, also, just, just even they, more interesting. They mentioned that during the uh, the panel, they they were raising Harley up to be part of the new Trinity. So she's she's the fourth in the. Well, well kind of. Just mentioning the fact that Harley is. Can't she just kind be a villain that, again? Well, Har- they're talking about Harley as that fourth pillar because she's so because of her book selling so well. Yeah, yeah. of course. Um, we get into some of the some of the individual ones. You have the Flash, written by Josh Williamson. Uh, as a monthly title, Dan Abnett were uh, doing Aquaman. No, uh, no Andy Landing. Which they oh, mentioned, they, they did mention other. that there was one scene in, in Aquaman in New Fifty Two when he's sitting in the uh, the fish restaurant. Yeah, the first the first issue. The first issue that there would be some more of that kind of reference and things like yeah, that. Yeah. Um, Justice League. Brian Hitch is writing it. Tony Daniel and Fernando Passerin are doing the art. It is a twice monthly title. Um, team consists of Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Flash, Cyborg, and the Green Lantern, Simon Boz, and Jessica Trues, which are the Earthbound. The new one. Two new, yeah, the two the new Earth, Earth Green Lantern. Because the Hal Jordan and Green Lantern core title will focus on Hal. Yeah. So we're saying we're the new 52 uh, team up, but we're adding two yeah, Lanterns yeah. instead of one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have Titans. Uh, consisting of Dick Grayson, Donna Troy, Arsenal, and Garth. I saw that. That, that good. was a good image. Dan Abnett and Brett Booth. Justice League of America, TV determined, TV determined. That's one of those titles. I'm, I'm just seeing a lot of listening to the names. A lot of pre New Fifty Two writers on these books. We'll get that. We'll get to that. Well, J- JLA, they said that they they weren't even going to mention. There, they were. There was well, nothing they a, could talk about. There's a reason for that too. until it gets closer to. There's a, the rebirth. There's a reason for that. Yeah. Uh, Teen Titans, Ben Percy, John Boy Nyers. I thought this was interesting because Damian Wayne decides that he is the leader of. 
Teen Titans and just kind of encroaching right. some tilt. I kind of like that idea though. Because he, yeah. he's a little jerk. Of course, yeah. he, of course, him going like, "I'm the leader now." Like it's it's like, "Look at me, I am the captain." Uh, some of the look some of the me. interesting ones going later: Deathstroke by Christopher Priest. Interesting. Uh, I'm so psyched for that. that. Christopher Priest for. Black Black Panther is amazing. amazing. Yeah, it's incredibly humorous. Um, Carlo Pagulon is one of the artist lists for Deathstroke, which I really love. So I'm I'm back on the Deathstroke train because uh, Rob Liefeld. Woo! How can, how can you not be after you get Christopher Come Priest? Come on, exactly. Get, get Christopher Priest, and then later in the summer you get you Will have, Smith. Um, Will Smith. Woo! Suicide Squad. Rob Williams with artist Philip Tan and Jim Lee. Twice <laughs> monthly. Jim Lee I might like, do might I, do an I, issue. I like that face you make. Well, I, I, when they first announced it, I'm like, you don't really think Jim Lee's going to even be able to keep up a bi-monthly uh, schedule. I know, that's even what if, I thought. The thing about Jim Lee is I love his art style, but even if they just said, hey, Jim, just do the covers, mm-hmm. I would I would. Well, rap, that's the I Justice would, League title. I remember talking about it with Carr, and I said, God, I hope Brian Hitch is doing the covers at least. Yes. Because, like, he's, <laughs> he's another I'm guy sure he's can, a great writer, but it's just he can crank the, the draw out like, one issue not, every six yeah. months. And the I draw know, is not the, the thing. I, I would rather have one really good piece of Jim Lee art as the cover than have an issue that he may never finish. So there's a, there's a couple more I, I want to talk about. That. Super Sons, Chris Burns and Dennis Culver writer, George Hammond as, as the uh, artist, focusing on Damian Wayne and Jonathan Kent, the sons of Batman and Superman. Mm-hmm. Uh, Batman Beyond, Terry McGinnis takes over comes back i guess yeah because the they erased beyond is they, they erased yeah. that it's uh the the current batman beyond is the somebody, tim drake isn't it it's a uh, <laughs> no it's not i think it was uh damien and uh i mean yeah, it was tim drake no it's tim yeah, it was, it was tim, tim drake because they erased terry mcginnis after yeah. the new 52 yes um, and now so everybody will be happy that terry mcginnis is coming back because they called it batman beyond and expected people to pick up the book yeah. because of their love for the animated series and when i even read it, it's like oh cool batman beyond. wait who's no. What? Well, in Future's then, End, um, the he was it was Tim Drake. It was, it was Tim Batman. Drake too, yeah. yeah. And then what I dimmed uh, Harley Quinn hashtag the DC recontinue is Jimmy Palmati, Amanda Connor, Chad Harden, and John Tim. No, they called it the Afterbirth. Well, yeah, they called it Afterbirth. <laughs> I said it was it was his DC continues because that book's not going to change. Oh, at that all. book's not changing. So those are the those are kind of the some of the highlights for the titles. Most of these come out in uh, June and July. And Any mentioned- surprises for you? I don't know if there was necessarily a surprise. Chris Priest is my surprise. Chris um, Priest was a surprise. Greg Rucka was surprised. There were some nice surprises. Of people that I recognized in there. But let's get to Sebastian. Snyder and Connor were both signed to exclusive deals. Yeah, they were kind of already. Yeah, they kind of already were. The, on, the only thing for Snyder being signed to an exclusive deal is it means that Witches isn't coming back. Right. Yes. Because um, Jock's working with him on the, the All-Star Valley. The first thing, to Sebastian's point. One of the things that when Rebirth was first... Let me hold on to that. Sure. Uh, was first announced there was a lot of hope that DC would be able to find some new writers. One of the things that I kept reading on vendor forums or retailer forums was if they just give us 40 books with the same people flipped around, I don't know if anyone's really going to go for that. So there's some new blood in there. um, But yeah, it is a lot of the same names that we've already we've seen for the last couple of years. Are you surprised that we're now talking rebirth, rebirth after the new 52? No. I mean, cause you were the first, I think you were the first person that said it and you've probably said it on this cat like, or one of our early ones when we first talked about the new 52 that you didn't expect it to last long, that you knew that this was going to be some kind of transition piece that wasn't going to work. And that it was going to be what I said was I wouldn't be surprised if they did a meld, but they were never going to get rid of it. Right. There was no way to ever get rid of it because 
Well, you invested so much you into did, it. Yeah, you admitted it was a mistake. In a way, if you go back and look at those initial comments, why did you renumber Detective? Why did you renumber Action Comics? Mm-hmm. And Dan saying, if we didn't, then this doesn't mean anything. Right. Which I never agreed with. Because if you did number ones for everybody else, but you kept those two, you're basically telling the audience, it's new and it's exciting, but we're not throwing away everything. To me, it seems you like know, you would have more people interested. They wanted to throw away everything and the, start over. The Doing lineage this, with it. When they renumbered it, going back to the legacy numbering is almost in a way of admitting that the new 52 was a mistake. But it wasn't. Those numbers for those first two years kept DC alive. Right. It took a while to get back, and everything got back to that sort of middling ground. The, the Tony Daniels detective title got back to the same numbers that Tony Daniels' mm-hmm. Batman was doing. Snyder's detective, his Batman numbers were higher than he'd ever did on detective because him and Greg Capullo as a team was so high. Right. We saw Justice League get back to the same well, numbers. We, talked we saw about Green Lantern it. get back to the same numbers. We saw all that stuff. With, with very few fact, exceptions. Well, well yeah. what we talked about earlier. Pretty much everything went back down to their pre-New 52 selling numbers. Right. Well, the, the New 52, I mean, we talked about this. We've talked about this many, many times. You, me, between you, me, and Mikey, we were buying nearly every title well, when that it first, first came out. When it first came out, between the three of us, we I had... I think we had every one of no, them. No, no. We had 40... It was like 44 or 45. Because right. I read 45 number ones. Right. I know my numbers. I started with 22. Within three months, I only had 11. Within a year, I only had six. Yeah, and now you're... What, what are you picking up? Now with it's just Batman, Green Arrow, Starfire, which was awesome. Mikey, what are you picking up still? I think that's it. I don't think Mike's picking What's up anything. Are you picking up any DC? I'm picking up Batman no. and Justice League right now, but that will end. Most likely, I won't be picking up anything. And I'm picking up Batman with Beth's uh, Harley and Suicide. Yeah, so... This sort of thing, it's it's kind of what I expected them to do, which is we're just going to do a new chapter. Mm-hmm. Because, again, Marvel's proven that they can be successful with number ones because people wag off. Right. They just the, the, It's too hard to get people to pick up number 14. Mm-hmm. It's too hard as a retailer when there's not a lot of marketing. It's not like a TV series that can have commercials on the other TV series that you're seeing right. you just have going, hey, everything starts over next season. You don't have seasons like that. You know, you can sit there. Well, I missed the first three seasons of Arrow, and someone can tell you, "Who cares? Just watch the season four. And people will pick up stuff, and right. you see numbers go up. Well, that's why with most comics think... you don't. You don't see numbers go up anymore because people aren't looking at the content. They're not looking at the creators. They're looking at the number, and it's really oh, hard. I can jump on. It's a new when number. It's a one. There, as as a, as Marvel tried this when that second round of Marvel Now or whatever, they had those number ones in the top. Right mm-hmm. corner, it was still X Men twenty five, right? But it was a new team and a new story, so they kept putting you like new, new story, story number arc. one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Still wouldn't work. People right. still like go, oh no, it's number twenty five. Green Arrow, three trades that are worthless, and the number four trade, which is Jeff Lemire's start, start of Jeff Lemire's run, which is incredible. And it and kind he, of ignores everything. It ignores everything, threw everything out. Right. It's so hard, still so hard to convince people you don't need the first three. It doesn't matter. Pick up number four. They'll tell you everything you need to know in the first five pages. Right. He's lost his company. He's lost his friends. He's got these two guys that are helping him, and that's it. And then you hit the ground running from there. But well, people still like, oh, but I gotta buy the first three. No, you don't. No, you, you remember don't. when no, Dark don't. Horse's trades of, uh, of Knights of the Old Republic and uh, Legacy when they did the uh, Blue Harvest? Or, mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and they did those, and they put them as separate, and then. 
when they did their trades, they didn't title put those number numbers. Them. They didn't number them, they right? So, from the story arc so you went you, when you were looking at the trades. Well, that's you're why going they used to not number to seven or something. When DC used to reprint their stuff, right. and they would skip issues and stuff like that. That's why they never numbered them. Yeah, Gotham Central. The first four Gotham Central trades were not Gotham Central one, one two, two, three. It was, you know, in the in the line of duty, double down, which was the Two Face story, the Joker returns, or whatever it was. And it was also they skipped issues. They right. they would take issues out that didn't have anything to do right. with it. But they never numbered them because what they thought, they wanted to have those on display of you just picked up, oh, whichever one you started with, it didn't matter. Do you think things like, like let's say, Captain America, uh, Amazing Spider-Man, um, Detective uh, Action, they should stay with their legacy numbers no matter what? Oh, yeah, because once you get up to that number, you're, 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 it actually encourages that conversation. If you're sitting there at Action 897 right. and someone goes, well, where should I start? It start with eight ninety four. That's so and so's first issue. Right. It's also you know, a point sort of, of pride too. The fact that the fact that you know up, uh, outside of comics around the rest of the world, where somebody can go like, you know, when that issue nine hundred comes out, that's a point of that should be a point of pride. That's seventy five years of consistent right. storytelling. But if you're doing like Moon Knight or if you're doing right, you know, and that's not going to mean too much. Right. Or but the Hawk like and Dove or whatever. Detective. Some it's Spider Man. Right. You know, having a consistent... Because that's not just like, oh, but it's confusing. That's also like, no, that's... Come on, you guys have been around or if you're for doing almost something, a century. If you're doing something more like, you know, like like Mighty Thor instead of just Thor. Something that has, you know, a, 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 a history to it. Right. Then you you should be able to keep those as your legacy titles. Right. And uh, to, 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 to have jumped away from them before is one of those things like, it's kind of foolish. They've done it. They've done it a few times over the years. Yeah. But it, it always sort of irks me. It's like, that seems like something to be proud of, is that you're almost 100 years in and almost 1,000 issues. Why why be afraid of that? Right. Um, speaking of numbers real quick, um, Ethan, Mikey, and I, we uh, we discussed Batman vs. Superman last week. Uh, we did our review of the show. It wasn't very favorable. Um, but the numbers for this movie... Haven't really reflected. They took a nosedive. They did take a nosedive. I mean, it, it has taken quite a bump in in, in a eighty uh, percent revenue. Yeah, in a week. But it's still. I mean, it, it's yeah. got respectable numbers though. Does it? Three super, Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman are not equal to one Deadpool. Right. Well, that's just. I was gonna say Deadpool as of today is actually the highest grossing X Men movie of all time. Right. Passing uh, Days of Future Past. Right. And it's just one of those things like that. That has to hurt. And I mean, it's rated R. The movie, by by all accounts, is not good. There are very few people that I know who have who have enjoyed the film. Correct. One or two very vehemently have called it things like great, and. Uh, uh, one of the, the best comic book movie ever, and I go okay, a little bit of hyperbole. There's no. those are the DC hardcore loyalists that are afraid to say it's okay. I'm it's being, a bad I'm movie. Being paid boatloads of money by Disney and Marvel to you know to have this opinion. Kevin Smith, who I listen, he's to, getting paid Disney money too. Well, listen, I listened to his podcast. Oh he, no, he apologized. The, the Hollywood Babylon he did with with Ralph Garman, uh, they demolished the movie completely trashed it it was horrible yeah, and, then, and then he saw it again then he went back and saw it again and, and suddenly he found the heart it's in amazing it. yeah it's the heart of this film it's a really good thing and it's also the fact that he has movies that are produced by warner brothers and right. he directed an episode of the flash and maybe he wanted to do that somebody, again somebody went <clears throat> he also started he, he also uh, with jeff johns back. did the whole introduction to the new dc right. uh cinematic universe again, somebody went <clears throat> 
Uh, the, the, those, those first opinions are probably the most accurate opinions. Okay, here, if, if here's the most telling. Smith, I mean, Matt Atchity, the head of Rotten Tomatoes, uh, coincidentally, at the same time, I was I was joking on my Facebook that uh, the literally like uh, somebody uh, somebody we know had commented on the Batman Superman fan page. Yeah, and it was not it was it was hundreds of comments of everyone, anyone and everyone who didn't like the movie was a Disney shill. Yes, you know, a Marvel shill coming in. Getting, getting that Disney money to, to speak ill of the movie. And I was like, maybe... And it was one of the things, like, for the amount of people saying that everyone is shilling, maybe the movie's just not good. And then somebody else I know was like, did you see Matt Atchity's comment? And I was like, what? No. And then I look, and he's like, the amount of people... And it, he was like, the amount of people who on Twitter who called me a Disney shill getting money from, from Disney to give it a bad review. One, don't understand how Rotten Tomatoes or Metacritic works. And two movie's not good look here's the thing here's the most telling sign of this is in the middle of last week not even the middle of last week the beginning of last week after you know after the weekend their first weekend warner brothers put out a statement that they are spending millions of dollars to do reshoots to suicide squad to add more humor to it because there were no jokes right in in the entire movie which means that trailer was masterfully edited to make it look like there were jokes. You're talking about the Suicide Squad. Yes, and there were none. But even that trailer, the way it was edited, it was, even, was there was more humor in that trailer, trailer than I, the entire two and a half hours of Batman. And for somebody to Superman. say we're reshooting this because there are no jokes means whoever sat in that editing bay putting together this trailer busted their ass to make that movie look good, which means that movie's probably not very good. Not either. to mention before the movie came out, um, there was the directors of all these other films of, of the DC, you know, you that were saying. We're going to have so much humor in it. It's going to be so different than what you're going to see it's with like, Batman vs. Like, Superman. It's, like, it's going to have the best humor. It's going to have the most humor. Humor loves me, and yeah. we love humor here at DC. It's going to be great. You're going to love it. I love the best April Fool's that joke that was out. It was All of a sudden, I'm looking, and I get this article. It comes up and says, uh, it says, officially, or Disney Lucasfilm officially announced that after Je- Justice League 2, Zack Snyder will produce a, will direct a Star Wars uh, spinoff movie. And as soon as you click on the link, it has this big thing that comes up and says April Fools. Yeah, so I was like, obviously it was an April Fools, but it was just so hilarious that they. So just a few numbers. Uh, so Variety, so uh, Variety, and I think Collider both reported that to break even, Superman Batman needs to make just over eight hundred million dollars. And they're at six eighty three. Yeah, that, but this is to break even. This is right. just to get their money back on marketing, producing the film, all of that good stuff. Sure. Which is. When you need almost paying a, Ben Affleck, when you, yeah, when you need almost a billion dollars to break even, you've lost the plot of making a movie. But beyond that, it had a fifty-five percent drop in gross from Friday to Sunday, just that first weekend, which was very interesting. A lot of movies tend to have that, but not that hard. So then they had an eighty percent drop week to week. Mm-hmm. It only made something like twelve million dollars, uh, yeah, on Friday this past week. This, the second Friday in a row when they made $80 million. With nothing month. coming out. With nothing coming out. Uh, and then even further in, I sent you guys an article, I think either uh, today, that uh, that so they had that 80% drop, but then <clears throat> they overstated their initial opening weekend revenue by something like 2.7%, uh-huh. which dropped down that they no longer had the best opening for a movie in Warner Brothers history. They couldn't beat Harry Potter. Yeah. And they quietly changed their numbers without telling anybody because they wanted to ride the coattails of best opening weekend. Well, they were hoping that would draw it over. 
Right, but here's the thing. Because, look. No, they, but they did make the statement, and they thought they had the right information before, but then by the time Monday hit, they had recalculated, and they're like, oops, 2.7 over. And, I'm, I mean, I'm that that's that's a lot. Yeah, that's, well, nothing comes out until April 15th, which is uh, Disney's The Jungle Book. Right. Uh, so they should have had two or three major weeks, and, and it and, doesn't look like they're going to be able to beat whatever little movie's coming out next right. week. And then... China, their their sales in China completely uh-huh. stagnated after the first weekend. Nobody went back to go see it overseas. Yeah. So it looks like they may be stuck. They may hit that eight hundred million. It may take them that extra an extra bit of time to get there. They'll probably break even, but that is that is not good because you want to profit on your movie. Well, with these movies, when you're seeing uh, you know when you're seeing uh, Avengers a doing a big when when you're seeing right. Avengers doing a billion, Star Wars doing a, a billion, billion yeah, two billion, whatever. Um, and that's just in the course of you know that I mean Star Wars and Avengers made that money really fast, and you they know also what? didn't spend eight hundred million dollars, right? And the other and thing if, was and that, it, and even if let's say Batman Superman does make a billion bucks, then somebody goes, so you only profited two hundred million dollars, yeah. on an eight hundred million dollar movie. Producers aren't going to get behind that too much. That's that that's going to make a lot. Do of Do you think unhappy. it'll make a difference to Zack Snyder? Directing the next. He got paid already. I don't. I, I'm sure. I'm sure his pride takes a hit, and we've. All I, I don't care about his pride. I'm, I'm talking about him directing Justice League. I. I. It depends on how far in they're saying. Yeah, April 14th is when they're supposed we, to be starting. Yes, but here's the we're, thing. We're going to hear on, it in the on. next couple days. You got to remember, the Snyder's as a team, right, are right. producing, and writing and directing. They they Warner Brothers hitched that to, hitched yes. their whole universe to the two of them. Yes, she's doing. Zack Snyder's wife is doing Wonder Woman. He's doing Justice League. Yeah, they're just going to keep going. Do you think it's? We'll we'll find out in the next couple. We'll find out. We'll find out soon. If if shooting doesn't start April fourteenth, like they're supposed to be slated to, then you know something is happening. Okay. Do you think that? A lot, is, what, there's a lot of people that are saying that you know what this is the first signs of fatigue in the superhero world. No, it's you movies. Uh, Suicide Squad having to do reshoots before their movie comes out in two months. That's the canary in the coal mine for that for at least somebody recognizing something has gone wrong. Yes. Um, no, it's, it, the Man fa- of Steel the should have been the Man of Steel should have been the first sign, but it wasn't. Fatigue is when a good movie can't make what it should be made. Right. Right. Because if it was fatigue, why is Deadpool going to make a billion dollars? Yeah. That's true. It's, uh, it's not fatigue. It's it's it's, not just, fatigue. it's a bad movie. And, it, and it, you know, you're talking a movie. It's a bad movie that's a year late. Right, you're also talking. Deadpool is a rated R, radar film that has made that more money. Should than... never have. You know, most rated R films do not do what this, radar. This, what this isn't the 90, Deadpool's this doing. This isn't the late '80s, early '90s anymore. Rated R movies do not make that much money. Deadpool is making that much money. And again, the fact that the fact that Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman combined could not defeat Deadpool in in a week. Yeah, is very very telling. Chris. I, I know you had reasons why you didn't go see the movie, but... Yeah, I can't sit still for two and a right. half fucking hours. Do you, after the way it's been doing and, and just what you're hearing, not even hearing all the spoilers, does it make you less wanting to go see it and just wait till it comes out on DVD or something? There's a part of me that... Or when I stupidly buy it? Just... Yeah, because you'll buy it. Um, no, I mean, it's, it's still, I'm still kind of in the same vein of wanting to see it just to see it. Even though I know it's going to be not that great, yeah, I don't. It, it's uh, it, it's, I've, I've it's the idea admitted, of it's, seeing Batman, Superman. Am I, on the am I together? sitting here pissed off that I can't go see it because 
you know, I don't know if I can sit still for two and a half hours without my arm exploding. Yeah. No. If, you know, after the 15th, when someone says, well, you're not going to go see Very convenient that your back went out. Yeah. But it's also, it's also like, but if I'm sitting, if I'm sitting there on the 15th going, I can't go see Jungle Book because I feel bad, then I'm going to be ticked. That's, that's, that's the difference. It's not like like Civil War where you would force yourself to go sit through it. Civil War, um... I'll pirate it and bring it home. I don't care. I'm seeing that damn movie. You buy a ticket, but then if I'm still screwed it. up by Civil War, this is this is bad. Um, <laughs> but well, you know what I'm. But, but you know I'm, what I'm saying. Yeah. No. There's nothing that's making me go. Oh, I should. I should definitely. Run I mean, out and see it, this if you, if this was you know December and Rogue Squ- Rogue One was coming out, hell or high water, you would be there sitting in the theater. Yeah. It's not like. It, no, there's nothing here that's gonna you know. And it's not like it's not the fact that it's Batman and Superman being on the screen at the same time. That right there is appealing well, itself. If it's done it right. Would, yeah, see, this is, this is the thing. When I've explained what our first misgivings were, mm-hmm. when I articulate what I said the very first time that they said Man of Steel 2 is not Man of Steel 2, it's Batman versus Superman. Because before that, when we thought Justice League was going to be right there. Right. I remember sitting here, well, actually sitting in the, in the dining room, and saying, my fear for Justice League then is it's going to be two and a half hours of 20-minute origins mm-hmm. and then a 15-minute fight with Darkseid. Yep. Because they're not going to be able to establish these characters as just throw you in and let you figure it out. When they said Batman versus Superman and Wonder Woman's in it, DC, Warner Brothers, Zack Snyder, the producers of this film, are, recon- are, are relying on a cognizance consciousness of who these characters are. The right. Three of the four most recognizable fictional characters in the entire world. Mm-hmm. They're symbols just of, uh, alone. Yes. You're bringing your experience as an audience with Batman, with Wonder Woman, into that film. Uh-huh. They're not giving you what this Batman is. Right. They're not giving you what this Wonder Woman is. They've given you what w- this Superman is, which... Whether you like it or not, they're establishing a Superman character. You know his history. Yes. In terms of what they're doing with the cinematic universe. So they didn't earn this film. Right. It's Batman and Superman on the screen. And when I first said to someone else, they're like, yeah, I kind of wondered why I didn't. We've seen Batman fight Superman before. Mm-hmm. We read it in Dark Knight Returns. You have established characters. Even Dark Knight Returns, which only has a few pages of Superman's character before it gets to the point where him and Bruce are, Bruce are punching each right. other. Right. You've given enough of what this Batman is, what this Superman is, in Frank Miller's vision, that that battle means something. Mm -hmm. Because they're on very opposite sides of what's going on. Marvel's reaction to Iron Man making a whole bunch of money was, okay, let's do this four more times. Yes. Let's do Thor. Let's do Hulk. Let's do Cap. Let's Let's, do Iron Man 2. Let's get these characters out there. Can you imagine when people go, oh my God, they're doing Avengers? DC's reaction to Man of Steel making money is, all right, get Batman, Cyborg, Wonder Woman, everyone to the set. Let's go. Let's get, let's gotta, shoot the movie. Come on. Them with instant get in here because they just, whatever reasoning, and it, it totally feels like the reasoning is someone in, we in, a, catch in up an to office. Marvel. It wasn't catch up. It was, let's not do what Marvel did. We don't want to be accused of, of, of copying. See what we I don't want to get accused of copying, so let's not do that. But that's the right thing to do. No, 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 let's not do that. If they would have swallowed their pride three years ago when Man of Steel came out and said, okay, you know what? Let's do the Wonder Woman movie first. Mm-hmm. Because we don't want to do Batman right now. We're only two years removed from Dark Knight Rises. Let's do Wonder Woman. Let's do a cyborg movie. 
Let's yeah. show people a character. Everybody that nobody knows Batman. Knows. Let's wait on him. And we'll do Batman last and have Batman form the Justice League in the next film. Mm-hmm. You would have had a much more successful franchise. Instead, you, you jump the gun, you put this together. Who knows where you're going to go from here? Well, see, what I told these guys last week was that it felt to me they should have done. You have Man of Steel, right? You, this movie should have been a Batman film. And during the Batman film, at some point, he's in the Batcave. He looks up on the screen and he's seeing the events that took place in Metropolis with, with Superman and Zod. And then maybe, Which is, the, of course, across the river from. Yeah. Then, it, then at some other point, he sees another thing. So he started to know formulate. It was so easy to go from Los Angeles to New York. I just, oh, I just had to cross that river called the. American well, if you're going Midwest. from the if you're going from the the DCU. That's New York to Chicago. Like I, yeah, New York to Chicago. Is kind of when I saw stroke. that in the movie, I, I didn't know if I was having one of those moments like, that's the one thing that's Did bothering me. Stroke? Because when Lex Luthor is standing on top of LexCorp and he's looking out over the bay and he sees the bat symbol you know, in the sky of Gotham, I'm like, no, no, no. I, I wanted to stand up and just scream at the screen because it was just, don't you excuse know, me, sir, are you this fucking is kidding don't me? Don't you know, Rich, you're not a real DC fan if you don't know that Metropolis and... Uh, Gotham, and Gotham the are only separated by ten miles. Oh God! <laughs> Don't you know that you're not a real DC fan? Don't you know that Batman have kills they ever, everyone? Have they ever put those fictional cities on a map? It's I guess, there's got to be. Not, gotta, that's always been. Their it's analogy. like Chicago, New York, right? Yeah, yeah but, it, but did, have they really said that Metropolis is in in, in yes? The, they're, the not, they're not. They're not. They they are not anywhere. Oh, near I knew they wouldn't other. be anywhere near each other. I was just always wondering. Yeah, the analogy is always been there. The only time that I know the that it's been now. really different is Smallville put Metropolis in Kansas, right? Which was their big sort of, yeah. or not Kansas, but they've sort of done that like that hop, skip, I mean, and a, a jump. A midwestern city. Well, yes, no, they said Metropolis sense, was like the the downtown of Kansas, basically, yeah. the city of Kansas. That uh, was Kansas City. Well, I mean, like it was well, the Kansas downtown in Missouri. That's true. Yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> that's true. But Kansas City's uh, not in Kansas. <laughs> Look, the fact that somebody Neither went, was this movie. The fact that everyone went it's too much destruction and I don't like my superheroes murdering people left and right and they went, "Okay, we'll take that into consideration." And then you have a movie that the Red Letter Media coined as uh, Murder Man versus Captain Hypocrite. <laughs> I'm telling you what, I lost count of how many times they actually murdered somebody or and, killed somebody. And, and it's just one of those things like Well, if you just count Martha and Thomas Wayne over and over <laughs> and then, again, and then, and you're then, up to like 80. And then to watch... A, I know it's a spoiler, but and, and to get them to fight because... Die. Because of... Your mother, because we Spoiler. take your, I take your mom because her name's, Mar- you know, and then we stop fighting I'll because your, your mom's because name Martha? Martha and my mom's name's Martha. Oh my goodness. We're friends now. It's like that picture they I posted also, on also, Facebook. They also called Doomsday the, the it's walking the, discotheque because the uh, EDM music and his lightning yeah. followed him everywhere throughout the yeah. city. Uh, but, but the one weird the thing. The meme that I saw of, of uh, Step Brothers where yeah. it was like, we're friends. Uh, now we're best friends. The, I was the, like, that's the it. The one thing that, that I think is Did very odd. we just odd become best friends? in the discourse after is no one's talked about Lex. Yeah. I haven't oh, heard have you about even it. heard about it, the end I, of it? Have I, you been I, spoiled? No. Wow, I'm surprised about that. I don't let people talk about it. They just uh, talk about how bad well, it is. The, the, well, I don't I think people higher, care enough to talk about this movie. Listen. That's why. <laughs> yeah, no, well, that's the thing. That's the for that's as much as... It, this is all anyone's talked about for the week. Everyone who's coming to the shop is like, did you see it? What do you think? This, this, this. Whether it's negative or positive, at the very least, the buzz for the last week has been to talk about Batman Superman. But no spoilers. No, well, that's the thing. Is they're, then, they're, they're only talking about whether it was good or bad. Nobody's then, like, oh, did you see that part when Superman no, did well, this? No, but that's or still, then, the, yeah. you still didn't get that with some of the, I mean, it, it's, it's. On the internet, everyone went, oh, well, I guess we'll just wait for whatever the next, you know, we got another movie coming out. What was that? Batman Superman came out. What? 
Like I said, it should have been. Well, I saw a lot of that on. It was just like oh. The, oh. so much of it on there. Was there should have just... been at least one more Batman, one more Superman movie. Before the only you have the, this one. The, the, here's the amazing thing: with as many people they follow, like Twitter, like the only time people talked about Batman Superman was Thursday night, and it was all, well, that was what I expected. And nobody said anything See, about what, the movie ever again. The, the dialogue that I kept seeing was about people's reaction. Oh, and yes, and you were shill if you hated it. it that's and, that's the thing. Is that's what the interesting thing to me is the conversation starting Friday all the way through the week has been so many people talking about other people's reaction to the film, and that you know that you didn't get it, or I don't understand why you think it's good. I don't understand why you think it's bad. You know, th- that was the interesting thing to me is so much of the conversation had nothing to do with the movie. Right. It had to do with people's reaction to the movie and other people not and adm- not being able to handle the fact that someone didn't like. It. And this is this is he is doing. a genius, according to the he is to the to the 10 people who like that movie. Zach's, I've learned Zack Snyder is a genius. And that I, I am not a comic book fan, nor have ever read comic books before. <laughs> I had somebody do that to me. And uh, that, was, that, was, that was the most interesting. Well, the fun, the fun thing is when they tell you, like, well, don't you know that Superman kills people before? And I said, yeah, I know all the instances where the, he's killed people. The, 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 like, ten instances where yeah. he's ever had to kill anyone in and 70 And most of the time, you don't understand. It was like, well, they did that thing with the Phantom Zone. Like, he didn't kill them. He sent them. You realize going to the Phantom Zone doesn't mean. It's like going to prison. (laughs) Okay, look. It's like the first Batman movie where he's where where Batman says, "I don't, you know, I'm not going to kill you, but I also don't have to save you." And I still and I I thought that was a very interesting dichotomy because you're you're sitting there every time you see it and you think, comic book Batman would have saved him. Yes. Yes, wouldn't have allowed him to die, but the type of universe that Nolan was creating. Mm It was a different Batman. It but was he someone didn't who wouldn't go against the core exactly. morals. I wouldn't actively kill you, but I'm not above letting you die. Right. And if in, I feel it's the right choice. And then in Batman Superman, you have Batman gunning people down with machine guns and then blowing up people. All I have to say is this: if and stabbing, super, uh, the, if, my favorite scene that I, uh, especially for all, when he stabs that guy in the chest with the battering that he's like in a, like a ten person uh-huh. fight. And Batman gets stabbed in the arm, and in a fit of rage, pulls out a battering and stabs the man right in the chest. Dude, he gets into a fight. He gets into a fight where they have guns, and they're shooting him, and completely shooting him all over, even inches away from his cow, and he it's all bulletproof. He gets stabbed with a knife, and the knife goes through his, his, his suit, and... That's when he gets hurt, and then he pulls out a battery. Wait, but then, but then he fights for another ten energy. minutes. Like all he happen. does is go, oh, okay, yeah, uh, here you go. Okay, and, now and then, I'm gonna and then he, he blows, and, then, and then they get back up. Right, he, and then he sets a man on fire in front of Martha Kent. Yes, and she 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 cracks a joke like, "I knew you were my son's friend." Yeah, and I could. Oh, not, I have to go see this movie. I man. could <laughs> not stop. Like, I almost want to go and watch you watching it. I have not. I've not seen the whole movie, but I've seen many scenes that have finally been put out for Martha purposes which have not worked but the moment i saw batman blow a man up and he's on fire and he saves martha kent and she's like i i knew you were my son's friend because of the cape glossing over the man on fire yeah. two feet away from them the man i on fire. i could not stop laughing and i'm sure i'm sure there's somebody on the internet like you didn't understand man look batman burns people alive all the time you, don't you read comics you, you just reminded me of something because if a movie has to put out a deleted scene the week that it comes out in theater to explain, to explain something, plot, yes, yeah. 
That tells me the movie's in trouble. But the problem with that deleted sucker. scene, sucker punch. punch. Which but still, even sucker punch, they still. did not have to put out a movie. Bullshit. Every single, scene. every single person that likes that movie, loves and when I tell of, them, when I Superman. tell them, the movie makes no sense because you go down two levels and you only go back up one. When it ends, <laughs> everyone tells, no, the deleted scene brings you all the way back up there. It's a deleted scene. It doesn't count. It doesn't I count. Know. As it's released in the theater, Sucker Punch makes no sense from a banal, basic, flatline story level. But if you've only seen and the director's he, cut, put see, that in there. Well, if you've seen the director's cut, then it makes sense. No. <laughs> I, I, here's what, Lord I, of the Rings, <laughs> The Fellowship of the Ring, as an extended version, is much, much better. Oh, completely. The, the theater theatrical cut makes sense. Yes. The <laughs> no, only I question agree. you have is... Where the hell did they get those daggers? Right. But that's not right. pro- that's not crucial to the plot. The deleted scene in fucking Sucker Punch is crucial to the plot as it ends. Yes. And that's everyone's argument as to why that movie is okay. <laughs> well, I've also learned this past week that Sucker Punch is also a film of genius. Uh, again, something I did not know or was aware oh, of. Oh, it's genius. Hey, let's get five hot uh, chicks and put them in a movie. <laughs> okay, look, I, I want to wrap up. this up because we are running really long. Um, the one thing I have to say is, and this is how we're going to end it. If Superman, if if a if a villain is holding a gun to Lois Lane's head, and Superman comes in the room, how is he going to resolve the problem? Melting the gun. What's he going to melt the gun or whatever it takes to stop he, it he, without he, killing it? He can also right. he can also move so fast he could just put his hand over the barrel and take the like. Hey, just give me this. He can would this. would he can Superman? His, he can use his 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 chill breath. Uh-huh. Use chill breath. He can, vision. He vision the gun. He can move quickly to do it. And, of course, the most, the easiest, fly the planet backwards and go back <laughs> in, in time. time. If, you, if you're done. Would he ever grab the guy going at supersonic speed and go through a wall? Killing the man, yeah. Killing the man. No. Well, it depends. If the man is like, if the man If it's a meta, yeah, let's that's say. say if, it's, if, it's, if it's a meta or something like that, yes. knows, If he knows that that person can, can survive. survive the wall, maybe. And I don't even think he'd do that because he would just hold, the guy would just take Lois with him. Right. The point, <laughs> Zack Snyder telling me that I don't understand Superman because I don't like his movie. Right. Is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I know. You're not a comic book fan, Chris. Not a comic book fan. Yeah. You don't, you don't read I comic got a books, storage, man. I got a storage place. I'm sorry. I have two storage <laughs> you're, places. You're a fake I got girl, two Chris. storage places, a closet, and the corner of my dining room. That says otherwise. Look, like, just fake, because you work at a comic girl, store just, and you read comics and stuff, you're, just you're not comics. a comic book Just fan. because I have 86 long boxes of comics. You're buying those comics for show. Yeah, just that's for what show. It is. So on that note, My we're going to... Uh, no, not that note. I want fucking Rebels Season 2. Uh, okay. Oh, my God. That was good. It was amazing because it gave me all the feels, and that's the only one I left, I left on the DVR. I'm like, I have to watch this again. I did, too. Because uh, I've actually watched so it twice. I watched it at work on, on my iPad the next <laughs> and day. And it's... The, the, the Rebel report afterward, uh-huh. Dave Filoni does say that Rogue One has... He said that moment that's coming up between this and Rogue One, so... There's one thing about this... You might this, be right with the X-Wing thing. There is one thing I didn't like about this. I didn't like that the... was only an hour? No, well, that... And I didn't like the Inquisitor helicopters. That's such a nitpicky point. I know, it is. Eric a, brought up the same thing. That's a design thing. That was the only thing that bugged me in a, the whole thing. Yeah, it, it's out of place, but it's also <laughs> like... Uh, I, I get that I've seen weirder... From expanded universe Star Wars, no, it was it was because Eric said the same thing. like I learned I learned two things. I remember what the first thing was. The other one is uh, you can use lightsaber blades as helicopters. Yeah. <laughs> and I they, said they that I said lift and... if they generate heat, they could ostensibly generate lift. Yes, 
No, I, I never. But also at the same time, like... they have helicopters with a laser sword <laughs> that somehow ends and also compares a kid putting his arm out and closing his eyes and moving a 600-pound stone out of the way so he can get into a temple yes. where a, a consciousness has existed for thousands of years. No, I, But they're I, helicopters. It's so sh- stupid. Well, if, if you shape the lightsaber blade to create aerodynamic lift, like on a helicopter blade, sure. I've Look, been, I realized when I was that. watching it, I was nitpicking the one little thing. Hey, no one can shoot your rotor blades, though. They just have to get the dead center of the rotor... <laughs> To knock you out of but the sky. I was, I was like, okay, that's the one thing. And that, there's the possibility that your bullets come back to you. Exactly. It's more, it's the, the be, more. Gotta be good. Gotta be good with that shot. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. The more disappointing thing to me is that they got rid of the Inquisitor so quickly. The you have a brand new one and the other two, and they're all gone. Well, the, the Sarah Michelle Geller one, they got. I, I thought she was going to last for a couple seasons. I just like it looks like we're getting an Inquisitor every every season. season yeah. It's like, how many people are left that still can use the Force? I mean, I thought this was supposed to be special in this timeline. Yeah. To me, I thought this timeline was when people start to forget about the Force. Every time one dies, Darth Vader goes find another one. (laughs) Well, the one that died was the eighth brother, I think. And then you had the seventh sister... And I don't forget what the we've already one gone was. through four and the sixth cousin and the father's fifth. brother's nephew's former. We've movie. already seen four, <laughs> nice pull there. Thank you. Thank you. Six, seven. Have we seen eight characters use the force already in two seasons? We've seen you have Kane, you have Kane four and inquisitors. Ezra. You've seen four inquisitors: Kanan, Ezra, Darth Vader, and uh, and and uh, seven right Ahsoka. Ahsoka. Yes. So eight. And Maul. There's, there's and Maul. So nine. So you've got a whole bunch of people that are still around that can use the force. We also found but out. But supposedly, killing Kenobi on the Death Star ends the line forever. <laughs> Darth Vader's been killing. The, well, the Inquisitors fail. You know, they probably die off screen. I did like. Stab, the, I did but... like the fact that they mentioned that the Inquisitors and Darth Vader have been, you know, basically purging the universe. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I suppose the Kavadi, like the the Inquisitors, are more force sensitive. They're not straight up Sith or Jedi. Mm. Well, they can't be Sith, as they explained in that. I, in, the, in the Rebel Recon, I, yeah. I the can Sith al- has I can to be trained, see, yes. and there's only ever two of them. I, it's like, it's like, I can also see Darth Vader pulling a dirty double cross and like, you know, all right, you've killed, thank you. Like the moment Obi-Wan Kenobi's dead, just like, all right, guys, uh, team meeting, and then just gassing all of them or killing yeah. them all. Yeah, in see that? That's good. Oh, that or uh, by the end of Rebels, they're all They're all gone. dead, yeah. Well, you keep getting rid of them all every season, yeah. Um, so next season we'll have f- six Inquisitors. Oh, no, no. If, if it's times three. So one times three is three. So we have nine Inquisitors next season. Did you yeah. like, spoiler alert, did you like Kanan losing his eyes? I, thought that, was, I yeah. thought that was an interesting twist. Well, uh, as Mike said, I thought someone would lose an appendage because we're in the right spot for it. Yeah. But losing the eye was a, was an interesting thing. We couldn't, even, we couldn't even get that action figure out with his eyes before he loses his eyes in the show. I'm like, come on, man. Um, well, Robert Kirkman tweeted out and he said, if you're a Star Wars fan and not watching Rebels, you're not really a Star Wars fan. Oh, my God. It's so good. That is someone who, who found Clone Wars so uneven, you know, highs but and, and some lows that I could not stop screaming about. I, I love I'm, this series. This series is amazing. And, uh, you know, we are. I really, I felt, I felt. We're three an, years from, from the Battle of Yavin. I felt an emotional Yavin. connection to the end of that episode. And for somebody that hated Ahsoka so much, you... I never hated Ahsoka. Well, that's Travis. But Travis, Travis, Travis hated Travis hated everything. Travis hated it. But he, I, I never he hated Ahsoka. Her. I just hated the... The, the Sky the Guy. And, and Sky yeah. Guy. They made Ahsoka into a great character. That's what, Ahsoka is one of those characters that is so important in terms of the Star Wars universe because her fandom organically grew. Yes. And she organically grew to be the character that walked away from the Order. It's a character to get, who earned it. 
Yeah, to get the Ahsoka Lives hashtag when when they canceled the, the series. Yeah. To have, make sure that that episode... <coughs> oh. Hold on. You're back? Sorry. Well, every cough sends my shoulder into hell. Um, but they, she earned her fandom, and they've done right by her in mm-hmm. this, this season. That that whatever episode Do you was think a couple of weeks the- ago where, where she lights the when, when the the uh, the inquisitors are running after Kanan are running after Ezra and the door opens and she's there yeah. with the sabers, you're like, yep, okay, this is well. Her and Vader have had the coolest two yeah you know, so they entrances. Just, it's it's just been this show has connected in a way that Clone Wars never did for me. Do you think we've seen the last of Ahsoka? No, I don't think you've seen the last of it, but I think you've seen the last of her for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think she's a character that could show up in a live action movie? I don't believe so. No? No. I don't think she's I don't think she's gonna be the connecting character. I think if they pick anybody it'll be Ezra. Yeah. I could see that. But I just at this point I think you use Ahsoka the way that you've been using her. Yeah. In in she's in these these television series and we're getting a novel. Mm-hmm. Um I was ex- I'm glad to get the novel. I'm excited for the novel. Yeah. I, the, I like that team, and, and I, I'm sure you. If Lucasfilm is smart right now, I'd be looking at Marvel going, "Do the miniseries now." Yeah, do the miniseries of some adventure after she left the order, because the, the, there's a whole bunch of time that you have. Uh-huh. The the novel will, is supposedly going to cover that time to get to the point when she gets to the fulcrum, but it doesn't mean it's going to tell the whole story. Yeah, you know she's got years between those those two pieces. She's at what twelve years, thirteen years? No, well, yeah, it's, I mean, it's fourteen. Well, she would have. Yeah, it's 14 years. It's basically 14 years. Who knows when she starts? I mean, she could have started the Resistance four years before that. Right. You know, or been a part of it in some way, shape, or form. There's so much more to tell now that you've revealed that she's alive at the beginning of Rebels. Uh-huh. And, and I think we'll see those pieces. But you don't that want to give her. it too much, um, but enough. I even like Maul in this. Maul was, so, uh, no. was so good. Yeah. That voice acting was brilliant when he was with Ezra before. Mm-hmm. I mean, I knew who it was immediately. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, because they didn't, they, they didn't really hide the fact that his, you could see his tattoos and the, right. the shadows. So you kind of knew it was him. And they never extensively, you know, they never actually killed him. The manipulation he used. <clears throat> was, and, and it's not even manipulation. It, I mean, that's the thing. Is and there's a great evolution to his character with it. Yeah. And, and he wants the same thing, but for different reasons. Yes. You know, it's it's a bounty hunter sort of thing. It's it, 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 sure in a way no it reminds you of trying, Ventress, but not. It would just be you'd have no problem killing Vader. He'd have no problem taking down the Empire simply mm-hmm. because, to him, the Empire is an extension of the Republic because that's the government that took over. Right. The Emperor's the head of it. The Emperor screwed him over. You know, all of that stuff. Maul's Maul's story is also very interesting. Yeah. Well, even so no, even with a Sith, the, you know, the Apprentice is supposed to at some point. Yeah. But he know, can no longer be a Sith because right. he's basically thrown out. No, it was. It was really, really good. Yeah, it was good. the The whole part with Ahsoka when when the crack of the ma- Vader mask. Yeah, and, when she's alone with him, and it, which oh. now we, which I'm wondering if they're going to make the new mask look more closer to the uh, the movie now. Maybe I don't know. Because you know they they. I just went, want to know the story of why his eyes lose all that red and orange color by the time you get to the end of Episode Six. 
think yeah. I was masked. Like, hey, weren't your eyes like orange and red and crazy? Of all the things to digitally add to Star Wars, yeah. he thought Ewoks blinking was far more important than <laughs> so changing. So disturbing. Uh, the the blinking Ewoks. Well, you could, so disturbing. you could say that he's already turned back to the light, so he would sure. lost the eye. Sure, yeah. you could. Yeah, it's just kind of funny. When I saw it, when I was like, moments. oh, he's still got the eyes. Did you think, was there part of you when you saw him, Vader, leaving the, uh, the, the temple from the lava and you don't see Ahsoka? Yeah. Is there part of you that thought there's still good in him? And maybe he didn't Well, there her? obviously is still good in him. I, it, it's, it's a hard thing. Cause I, I didn't think he didn't kill her simply because I don't think they're going to kill that character that way. Right. I think if they're going to kill Ahsoka, they're going to kill Ahsoka on screen. Yes. You're going to see someone put a saber through her chest. Yeah. Um, it, it's... But then again, we obviously. But then know, again, with the little girl that, fans, well, the cause I, cause we obviously I, know that Anakin has no trouble murdering children, right? Because so, Arabella, because Arabella's been watching the show with me because she loves Ahsoka, and with Ahsoka in it, and I didn't pressure her to watch it because I had a feeling Ahsoka, just by the Twilight of the Apprentice, the name of it, I had a feeling Ahsoka might die in it, and I didn't know how she would react to seeing Ahsoka die, and when they didn't show her, I thought that. That leaves the interpretation that maybe she's still alive for those little fans that, you know, the, the little girl fans. The only person who can finish her story is Anakin. And the, I can see that being series finale. Is, for her, I can see that being her finale. Is yeah, You could leave it into it. You could leave it to her interpretation. But no, well, that, I think that's that, a character who's important. Because, again, they, you can, you they can know take, who watches their show. You can yes. take the pieces of this episode and say the finale is Kanan and Ahsoka versus Vader and Ezra. Oh, yeah. And Ezra kills her. That it's not even Anakin. That it's a- that it's I Ezra can see who that. ends his life. I can because see Because look how much he looked up to Ahsoka through this season. Yeah. Go back and think of all the pieces there. The fact that the, the odd thing to me as you're watching it is they're turning to Ezra as one of their leaders. He's mm-hmm. the one coming up with all these plans. Mm-hmm. This is like a 10-year-old kid. Yeah. And that's where, where you see the pieces in this. We're like, we kind of went too far with you to the point where we tell you to stay here and you just walk off with some... You know, some guy who's manipulating you and ends up being a, Sith, a former Sith Lord who Obi-Wan cut in half. Not even that. When when they tell him to stay and he goes off on a mission by himself. That's or, what I mean. So it's just, it, and, and for me, he's got that if Anakin it was, streak in him. Exactly. He if does. It was, if it was Clone Wars, I'd be like, this is stupid. Like you know? Yeah. So watching this. he is this, like Jason. Yeah. Watching this. Of course, we did also find out with, with Rebels Recon that uh, the son of Dathomir. The the Dark Horse comic book of Darth Maul is canon. It's not officially canon. Not officially canon, but he there's parts of it. He just basically said the story. They they did that story purposely when by not giving him an ending. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's there's a ton of stories that could still be canon. Oh yeah, that's true. There. Like, if they wanted to, if they wanted to say that John Jackson Miller's Obi Wan story is canon, boom, you could put it in there. Oh yeah. Any of those comics in between. can just reprint it if they wanted to. Yeah. They have all the rights now. But, yeah. he, but even then, because it's such a standalone story, that yeah. it can be. Yeah, and, and it's nothing... The stuff that isn't canon will all be the post-Jedi stuff because it doesn't contradict anything. Right. When you're sitting there and you're writing the, the first Darth Maul special, which takes place before episode one, that can easily still be canon because that writer knew, well, he has to survive to get right. to episode one. So there's a lot of stories like that yeah. that you're not tripping over anything. And so those stories are in the kind of this fuzzy thing where I said they're the... The non-canonical canon, because it doesn't matter. It's not official, right? but there's nothing in it that's going to tell you, oh, this didn't happen. If you're reading, from what we know from Episode 7, if you're reading Kevin J. Anderson's Jedi Academy trilogy, you're going, well, none of this happened. Yeah. You know? 
and and that's connected to stuff that that they did in the comics. I'm I mean, reading, the courtship of Princess Leia could uh, kind of. You could probably put that in there. There's still stuff that's after Dark Saber. Probably doesn't have anything that's. I mean, any, that's, until that, you that get would, up to the to Leia having the kids, it's everything that deals with Han, Leia, and Luke's family. Right. That looks like it would probably be out of canon. If you remove Jason and Jaina from the Thrawn trilogy and just had it as you could ben. probably do it as as a canon. Yeah. Because there's nothing there that is immediately contradicting what you have already said if you decide the Imperial Remnant was still a threat. Unless you're if unless you you're take, writing out Mara if you take Jade. the idea that Chuck Winden's uh, aftermath book and what we see in the visual dictionary is that the Empire succumbed very quickly. Yeah. And ran away very quickly. Within a few years, was pushed to the other side of the of the outer rim, and told you know go off into your space and that's it. Don't bother us anymore, sort of thing, because that worked out great. <laughs> um, right. Then those stories wouldn't be. But again, it's it's this sort of thing like. But you could still have some of the remnants. Yeah, you it's know, just like the, rebelling. There's there's not like a Thrawn type. Yeah, character. there's not anything that you because really, they are so little that you can throw out. Completely. I mean, they've rumored that they're going to have Thrawn come back in Rebels next season. Boy. All right. So, yeah, on that note, we're going to wrap things up because we are running over. Hey, we got Star Wars to talk about, bro. I know, Ethan, I know, Ethan, I know all you care about is watching Ethan Walking Dead. Ethan wants to get to The Walking Dead. He's, well, we <laughs> he's oh, dying yeah, to see that. All right, so on that note, we're going to wrap things up so we can get to The Walking Dead. So for Mikey, Chris, Sebastian, Ethan, I'm saying make sure you check us out at Facebook.com slash Nerdables. Facebook.brains.com. We're also on Twitter at Nerdables Show. Facebook.brains.com. You do not want to see what's on our website. (laughs) And check us out at Nerdables.com. And remember always, please leave us a message if you like what you're hearing or you don't like what you're hearing. Brains. We'll see you next time. Leave brains. Ah!